think. Okay, cool. I'm fairly cool. certain, cool. actually. Koji, uh, when can I sim things? Oh, yeah, sorry. I've already got a hidden build. I've already figured everything out, to be honest. Uh, so. uh, yeah, it's solved. It, okay. It's solved already. We Guy and I were already talking about it. We've already got all the outlaw builds sorted. All right, makes sense, makes sense. Restless crew, staying for sure, yeah. <laughs> we're we're working on extracting the talent data now, which is like words. messy stuff. But hopefully soon we can start on simming. It'll be fun. And then uh, the, the Koji beta, Shetland's beta simming streams. Guy, how's the, how's, the, how's the familiar feeling of not having alpha? Um... Well, I work for Wowhead now, so I filled out my little my little my little form thing, so I'll probably get it soon. Probably shouldn't ping at everyone to know that the event is starting. I'm gonna uncheck that box. Insta Insta at everyone. Dude, I've I had to stop myself because it when you make an event, it like prompts you to ping everyone like four times. It's actually insane. Like make the you make the event and it's like, hey, do you want to notify the server? And I'm like, no, no, I don't. I, no, that's actually, a lot of people. We don't. I mean, pinging pinging is generally frowned upon by by us, but one of these days maybe I might just have to do it on accident. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And then you you can just you know. I, I didn't read one of the checkboxes. My bad. It, it popped up and said, "Hey, do you want to? Yeah, that's fine. Do you want to? Do you want to ping a hundred thousand people?" And I just didn't read it because you know. Oops. Yes. Or you know, just randomly purging like half of off topic. All right, stream chat just doesn't have enough control. Hold on, stream chat is are the volumes good? Is everyone the right volume? Is anyone too quiet? Let me know now before we actually get started. Yeah, we're happy. Everything's good. Yep, cock. Got it. Cool. Good enough. I'll take that. You are streaming this as well, right, Whisper? Yeah, yeah. I'm streaming and recording. For those who want to follow uh, on Twitch instead of, instead of Discord. Also, my fucking face went down again. Jesus, why? Stop. Can you plug your stream, please? I can't, I can't, I can, I can plug my stream, sure. Uh, if you click on my name in, like, at the, at the top, in the, in the list of the Shadow Blades, my stream is live right now. You can just hit watch, it'll take you straight there. No need for any, you know, links or something. Just click and go. Discord's very cool. I can even see him talk because he actually has a cam on. Yeah, very cool. All right. As people are fun, stop, stop, spam you chat. Uh, okay. Let's let's get started, and people will slowly filter in him. Um. So, uh, welcome to the fifth episode of the Tricks of the Trade podcast. It's been uh, long awaited. We took a bit of a hiatus. Um, with our previous episodes uh but obviously we have a lot to talk about we have uh class talents 
spec talents. They all got released. Alpha's out. We have uh, a lot of data mining from professions and stuff, um, which we probably won't go over too much, but if someone wants to mention it briefly, I heard there's new combat potions and uh, power elixirs and stuff that are uh, a little weird. And uh, let's just go down the list one by one, introduce yourselves so that everyone's familiar with your name. Um, we'll just go top to bottom. Selly, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Thanks, how about you, man? I'm I'm doing well. It's a little uh a little early in the morning and I just had a stream notification pop, so I needed to mute that, but you know, it's always fun talking to everyone. Yeah, for sure. I've missed this. <clears throat> Koji, do you have alpha? The the question I do on everyone's mind. I do mind. not. Not right now. I'm apparently on some list, but from what I've heard there. They're still going through pretty small numbers at a time per week or something. Yeah, sure. So when hopefully you're on a list... Soon. Hopefully soon. When you're on a list, you get alpha. When I'm on a list, I don't get to fly. Makes sense. <laughs> Only one of those is for other people's safety, though. And then... Uh... Guy, are you are you copium on the on the wowhead link to Alpha? Dude, I'm I'm a very positive person, so I'm very positive I'll be getting it soon. Just just hopium, no copium. Nope, never. Never. Guy has always been someone with beta every single expansion. Exactly. Yeah, if you can opt in by paying like forty euros for it or something. Yeah, that's why I'm always I'm so positive I'm getting it this time. I think Shadowlands was the latest I ever got beta. It took forever. I mean, all of us, right? Like, I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, hardly any rogues were in. Yeah, early beta I remember. At all. I remember I got it like uh, I think two weeks before they disabled legendaries, and ours weren't there yet, so we couldn't even test them because they didn't even design our legendary powers yet. And when they did, they simultaneously removed the ability to craft them on beta. So I remember, like KSP and, and I, we we literally like set an iron wheel just grinding grinding leather working to actually craft one because it was the only way for us to actually test them and it was uh very painful my only beta that i've gotten was shadowlands and i got it two weeks before pre-patch so nice. <laughs> <just a> nice <laughs> good good beta yeah it, it definitely contributed to uh, to our class kind of not really receiving any changes i think so hopefully this time around things will be a lot better i i'm already way more hopeful going into dragonflight than i was for shadowlands i'm, I'm yeah. not sure if you share that feeling I, I i definitely do i mean it's it's nice having you know a dev that's willing to communicate about it and listen to feedback just you know even in discord you know but yeah well we'll I mean, see i mean being in the first first wave of talent designs is always good, right? Like, yeah, we at least get a chance to give more feedback and do more testing. You know, my my concern was obviously like nobody likes rogue, so you know we'll get in our talent tree will be uh, released in October, and <laughs> we'll have one month to test it. Released in October and then not implemented until November. Yeah, I was 
I, I was in the same boat there. Like I was really surprised when I saw. I, I think uh, I don't even know what I was doing, but someone told me on Discord, "Oh, World Trees out," and I'm like, "Yeah, you're joking, right?" Um, now it's for real, and uh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And then I, I checked; it was actually true, and I'm like, "Hey, this is new." Very weird. So that was uh, that's really cool, though. Like uh, as Koshi just said, I I think we've always been kind of pushed to the back whenever it came to like introducing new features or anything. And now we're we're basically I would still consider uh, consider this like the first wave of of talents. And yeah, that's really nice. It gives us time to provide feedback and everything. And I mean, I I don't want to like rush ahead or anything, but our trees are are pretty damn amazing. Yeah, sure. We can we can talk about the class tree first, since that's more you know general um, and high level. Uh, the thing that really struck me about the class trees is there's a lot of, uh, like, well, it's kind of two things. The first thing is that there's a lot of generator-related stuff on the tree, like in generator crit. Um, seal fate is just on the class tree now instead of being assassination only. That was very weird. So there's a lot of weird, like, pure generator buffing effects. Obviously, there's the ambush stuff, too. And then they just added dance. That was something I wasn't expecting at all. Um, like seal fate from sin and dance from sub just going baseline on the class tree is very, very weird to me. But yeah, you know, and I mean acrobatic strikes as well, right? That, if oh, you're looking yeah. for like one big outlaw thing that that everybody always kind of wanted, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think gouge and acro. Yeah. Finding their way into the class tree was something people had asked for for a long time. So I think I was less surprised by that. I, I felt that was a pretty nice decision. But dance being on the tree is, is strange because, I mean, you're talking about basically a sub-specific, like, end-end-end talent for a very long time. It's pretty tied to subs spec identity I, I guess so giving it to everyone is an interesting decision i don't know how much i like it i mean it obviously enables tons of interesting builds so i can see the desire to put it there um it creates some some crazy builds for outlaws we talked about and uh some interesting assassination stuff but i do wonder if it maybe should have just been a vanished talent of some sort or something like premeditation. I don't know. I think it's sick. I think it's sick. It, it is just, like, cool. Open. It's just like, it's just gonna make you think about everything in all of the specs now a lot more. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily it. mind it, but it's like, I think it does mean that some more effort needs to be put into figuring out what subs identity is and we'll probably get to that later um, when we get to the sub tree but when you take away when you generalize such a large core part of subs identity i think you've got to replace it with something right i mean sub is still the spec that is like it still has the best dance probably right because it has two stacks it gets like all the all the passive traits that you know juice up dance a bunch so i mean like sub rogue is still like the spec around like stealth and vanish and shadow dance and all that maybe not with restless blades but you know 
that could be could always be changed, right? Yeah. I'd say my biggest observation aside from that for the class trees is is obviously, you know, there's a lot of throughput talents and I think many people have brought that up. Um, there's some real concern that there isn't much space for people to grab utility talents in the tree, especially at their positions. Like you're talking about utility talents that we've had kind of on-demand access for, for for a very long time, like Cheat Death or Crayon on the Weak, that are in potentially really awkward spots in the tree um, that you just won't be able to get without sacrificing DPS. And that's actually not really a decision we've had to make in the past. I think that's good, though. I think that kind of consideration is much more interesting than than what we have right now, right? Like, looking at assassination, right now you choose between Prey on the Weak, you, uh, Iron Wire, or Internal Bleeding. Like, that's not really a decision, right? You just set that point. I mean, you forget about it until the next expansion comes around. Um, at least for assassination, there was some thought behind it, and you would sometimes change it up. But, I mean, was there ever a reason for Salty to not play Prey on the Weak in any kind of content? Yeah, I get that part. I just, I worry that people aren't going to take that kind of stuff at all. You know, like, is, to use a more obvious example, is anyone going to ever take Iron Stomach where it is now in the tree? Ever? Is that because of the it isn't is the tree like, or because it's just a bad talent? Iron I guess Stomach it, does suck. It, it It's both. But even if even if Iron Stomach was really good, I don't think you can take it. Because there's no connecting nodes down, you basically have to invest two points that you'd not invest otherwise, which means giving up DPS just to boost some survivability, and I just don't think most players will do that. I definitely think that those two ones in the middle should go down to like the the sap recuperator, uh, the 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 garrote silence one. I think those should just like connect down towards there because those talents are yeah. basically just PvP talents at this point where. PvPers will maybe go them because they love minus energy and stuff, and yeah, I, I basically will never use those in PvE, ever. I'll probably argue with a lot of people that play Mythic Plus, though, <laughs> about picking those talents, but yeah, I just don't see them ever being actually like playable, which kind of sucks. A couple connecting nodes would go a really long way in our tree. Um, yeah, for sure. We, I think, I think we've got a... a problem it's not a problem it's kind of a luxury problem in a way but i suspect one of the reasons that we don't have as many connecting nodes is that our tree has a lot of one and two point talents kind of unique talents compared to some of the other trees that have a lot more ranks of like two and three point talents which means their their trees are more sparse right they have fewer total talents because they're more three pointers around um so they have more space in the tree for connecting nodes. Like, our trees are super dense. Yeah, they're dense and very symmetrical, right? Like, no matter what path you take, you'll always spend the exact same amount of talent points to get to the same tier. Um, that makes planning a lot easier, I would say. But it also it co uh, contributes to that issue that you just said, where our, our paths and our, our choices are also very, uh, like, linear, I would say, or streamlined, or, or whatever road you want to take. Where the moment you go into into like tier three, tier four choices, you already know what you're going to pick for the next like ten talent points, um, and that's when you get to make another choice again. 
So I think ultimately our choices are a bit more limited. And that, I mean, that, that plays into what you just said, right? Where, I mean, we will notice not having access to potentially elusiveness anymore. I think a lot of us will notice not having improved sprint anymore. Um, unless you actually take that, but I'm not sure you if you can actually afford it without giving up DPS. But again, I don't, I don't think that's a big issue because I do feel that utility should come at a cost. And I mean, if you want to take prey on the week and you have to give up like one DPS talent for, then that is probably a trade off that is worth it. You know, providing that extra utility to your raid or to yourself, whether it's through higher boss uptime or, you know, just being able to, to mitigate damage better or um, helping your team or your raid do more damage. Like those are, those are worth giving up a little bit of personal DPS. The one concern I have is that I'm not sure if that is the case for all classes or if it is very rogue specific. So I don't actually know whether the other classes have similar trade-offs where they don't really have the points to put into like all this kind of utility and they have to also make these sacrifices. Yeah, I mean, some of it also is because of Shadow Dance being so unique and a pretty powerful effect. I think combined with Cheat Death being in that bottom corner definitely pushes people towards being very loaded towards one side of our class tree. So I guess we'll see how that plays out. It's really hard to see many specs deviating from that, though, of just like bumming down the right-hand side all the way to the bottom as the default. I mean, yeah, there's I also there's also like Alacrity and Deeper like right next to it, right? Like you yeah. come off Mark for Death. Mark for Death is strong. Then you have Alacrity, which is good for two specs. You have Deeper, which is, is like a, a staple for sub these days. And then you I mean, still have Cheat, Death, Find, Weakness, and Dance like coming after that. So I mean, yeah, like Cloak, Tricks, Shadow Step, Night Stalker, Mark for Death, Cheat, Find Weakness, and Shadow Dance is like. A list of all-star abilities for rogues like yeah is it though or is it also just an issue of um we know how good these these talents are whereas if you look at the other two trees there's a lot of new stuff there and it's much much harder for us to really like at glance value evaluate how powerful these going to uh, these are going to be and how much or, like, like what will be the dps benefit of you know 10 percent crit on your builders because to me that sounds really really good um for all specs not just for assassination uh how good is that extra combo point um on ambush going to be you know the how useful is is cold blood ultimately going to be like i think that it's just a lot harder to gauge how those compare to the to the right side tree of the class tree where it's pretty easy for us to really assess okay this is going to be really powerful obviously but is it going to be more powerful than the other stuff? I think that's a question that we can't really answer yet, I would say. Oh, yeah. yeah. I said that a bunch in the, the Outlaw channel. People are going fucking gorilla for Shadow Dance. I'm like, yeah, so like Shadow Dance or Restless Blades, you know, obviously it's going to be the nuts, right? But like, there are talents on here that like don't sound nuts, but like can be nuts. Like, you know, Alacrity, when you when, when you like read talents like Dreadblades or, you know, Loaded Dice, you're like, oh my god, this is so powerful. And then like, what do you pick? You pick fucking, you know, 10% Flat Haste. Like, you know, there, there's so many like wacky <laughs> talents on here where you're like, oh my god, like five weakness, whoa, that's crazy. And then like, you know, like what, like obviously, like maybe not, but like what if like Thistle Tea is just nuts because it's like 300 energy, right? Like, like it's just infinite, right? So like, there's like a lot of stuff on here where like, 
I feel like because yeah. we know Shadow Dance is crazy and blah blah blah, and we know like oh Mark for Death is so good and like Night Stalker, whoa, like a lot of these talents like we don't like know like Cold Blood we don't like really like understand right like we have like an idea but we don't like understand like the math behind it right same with like Lethality, Thistle T, Seal Fate on other specs like yeah like because yeah. Lethality is one of those talents where I feel like this sounds really really good for something like Outlaw right where you have yeah a bunch of extra crit already you can roll crit as well. And then all your builders like do like thirty percent more damage. Like that sounds sick. And I don't even know if the current outlaw build would go for that, um, or, or does go for it, or if it's oh, still yeah, you, you know you, you, you still feel nudged into this direction of okay you kind of want to get the the shadow dance because you can you can you, you can already understand how good it's going to be, and then maybe ultimately at least one or two of our specs aren't even going to play it because we realize hey the other ones are even better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, we, I we just like I, don't understand fully because we don't have math. Which I like tried yeah. to let people know, like, hey, like, sure, Shadow Dance sounds powerful, but a lot of things don't sound powerful, and they just are. Like, Echoing Reprimand doesn't really sound powerful until you're like, oh wait, Sub Rogue with tier set with double daggers with weapon swap. It's like, oh, this is just the best, you know? Like, there's a lot of like stuff like that. Like, that is hard to like fully understand I, until you actually get math behind it, right? You're you're totally right. Yeah, I mean, I think some of it's a combination of factors, though. Like. Find weakness, for example, is just going to be very powerful for Outlaw in particular. So I guess we'll see. I think like the middle of the tree is probably objectively the weakest in terms of DPS, right? It's a, it has more utility talents in there. You've got Gouge Sprint, Recoup, Elusive List, and Acro all down the middle. You pretty much have two DPS talents there, and that's it. And one of them specific to Ambush. So, you know like depending on your build that may or may not be a dead talent right the vers versatile talent is kind of boring but it's going to be four percent flat damage oh, i heckin love four percent flat verse like, uh it's 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 decent but you know not very sexy i think the issue also is like the left hand side you've got like the poison stuff and Garrett, which may or may not be relevant for some specs, and having those as like required talents, like you can't, you can't get down the left hand side of the tree without taking two Garrett talents, and you might not even cast that spell. Well, I mean, like all of the all of the top talents are like dead, quote unquote, right? Like Trix is doing nothing. Well, like, you know, they're doing stuff, but like they're not like quote unquote damage, right? Like the whole right side is what? It's sap, it's cloak, it's tricks, it's step, and then like, you know, you go you go grow evasion, mind numbing, and flea footed. Like the whole uh the whole like top four traits deal like zero damage, right? Yeah, I think it's less about the damage for me and more about like whether or not that'll actually be useful, right? Like it's it's unclear, for example, if Outlaw would ever cast Garrett. Yeah. Right. I think like maybe also, maybe you do, but maybe not. I don't know. It's also weird that um, if you have not played in a while, now all of a sudden you have uh, like say Garrod is good, right? Now you have every rogue spec both playing Rupture and Garrod again. So every every rogue spec will have two bleeds, which is a really like weird oddity that people don't really talk about that much and like outlaw doesn't have either right now like you're just adding two bleeds to outlaw if you take a road um 
which could be a little bit weird. Um, I don't know how Outlaw feels in general about maintaining bleeds, uh, but it's definitely not Wad anymore. <laughs> like, Outlaw bleeds have been gone for a while now. Uh, seeing them come back is definitely interesting. We'll have to see how things like Garrote and, and Rupture are tuned um, baseline, because, you know, like like Koji mentions, there's the possibility that, you know, bleeds might just not be good um, on on specs that aren't specifically assassination, and you would just have the button and then not press it, which feels like an oversight, but I, I don't know. I, I think some fine, though. Outlaw's gonna need, like, two keyboards to play. Just... <laughs> like, maybe there's some situational use, right? And that is that, that ultimately comes down to skill expression. Like, say you're on a boss, and you know pressing Garrod, pressing Rapture is almost never worth it, maybe. But maybe then you're suddenly moving into a territory where you need damage while you're not on a boss, while you don't have uptime on it. So suddenly, suddenly in this one situation, it's actually worth to apply a damage over time effect. Um, I mean... That's or you're in, in like PvP though. and you're playing against like a DK or a warrior who have played armor, and so suddenly it's actually worth to press rupture over over dispatch, or you 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 know just want to make sure that another rogue isn't isn't restealthing. So the tricky I can part. See more I think... in PvP, but I think it it can contribute to more skill expression um, if it's tuned right and not mandatory, but gives you maybe like half a percent of extra DPS to use it in those very niche cases. Situation and Scarrow as an easy one combo point builder maybe is good with Echoing Reprimand to make sure you hit the, the AP combo point, right? Uh, the, the, the animal charge combo point, sorry. And yeah. so these kind of things might actually really contribute to you being able to eke out a little bit more damage by really utilizing the full toolkit. And if that's not something you like to do or you enjoy to do or that you just aren't good enough to do, if you're still competitive, just you could be slightly better. I think in that case, it would be great. Even if it's like dead in your in your talent trees, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. Uh, because yeah, I mean, the silence obviously has some utility, right? Yeah, plus or or whatever um, PvP. And it goes back to what 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 Guy said earlier, where I think one thing that has plagued Rogue the most out of all the classes in the game right now is that almost every other DPS class, especially like pure DPS classes. Um, after Legion, they kind of went away from the spec identity thing again, and they look back to, towards class identity a little bit more. Um, I think we're like the only class that still has like massive spec identity in fighting, where, you know, assassination is clearly better than both subtlety and outlaw. And so that kind of thing doesn't really exist for other classes, right? Like they, they just play what's best, and what's best is usually decided by Blizzard and how they tune things, whereas we typically have a little bit more choice there. And... At the end of the day, by mixing the, the toolkits between the specs a little bit more again, maybe that helps people realize that, hey, there's more than one spec to Rogue, and maybe it's worth actually learning and, and playing all of them at a high level, and not just one. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of that. I've, I've played all three specs, I think all three, the last expansions, kind of flexibly, and I think it's worth doing. And it's a good exercise in understanding like how our class fits together as a whole. Um, but I think you're definitely right that um, right now a lot of rogue players are super compartmentalized compared to some of the other uh, classes in WoW where players are a little more flexible about which spec they play on a given fight. 
think the real issue I wonder about for like tuning of things like bleeds is, you know, whisper, you know, this too is like, it's really hard to tune around when assassination mastery buffs the bleeds so significantly that if the bleeds are good for assassination, you know, it's hard to make them strong for the other two specs when without being overpowered for assassination. Especially with all the bleed talents that assassination now gets baseline. Like that right side of the tree, let me pull it up real quick. Um, that right side has uh like just twenty percent garrote and rupture damage. Uh just as a two pointer that you have to take. And so whatever you're balancing, even like mastery aside, the talent already adds twenty percent. So yes, that's a flavor thing, but Obviously, you can't tune it uh, just for assassination, because then it's useless for the other specs. Um, and I think that given there's so much bleed power on the assassination tree, it's going to be rough. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Maybe they split it into two. Like There's an outlaw garrote and a subtlety garrote and a sin garrote. They use different spell IDs, but that... Wait, I'm... no, wait, you, you just make it so, like, Garot is, like, passable for the other spec. Well, well, first of all, the fact that the top row of the talent tree is Sap, Blind, and Garot, I'm going to assume that Garot is specifically designed uh, for Dragonflight to be a utility spell. Uh, and then secondarily, you just make it so if you want it to be an actual rotational spell for the other specs, you just make it baseline good enough and then basically force people into taking the talent that makes Garot do more damage. And then there you go. It's like, it doesn't seem like that complicated to me. Well, that goes against the whole idea, right? Like, the idea is that you have the choice of going into, a, like, a Garot talent, right? But now you're forcing them into a Garot talent because you have to tune it that way. I mean, we kind of we kind of are forced into it anyway, though, right? With us having our, our 8-point requirement cut off at Tier 3 instead of Tier 4. In order to hit that, we kind of have to, like, get all three starting points anyway. And I'm not on Assassination. If, like... On assassination, you go uh, Fan of Knives, then you go down the middle to get the you know, the raid utility poison. That's four oh, points. No, no, I meant on, on the class tree, right? Oh, well, yeah, on the class tree. You're, you're, and and yeah. that's what, what, where the Garot is, is at, so I mean, you don't... Oh, oh yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. you can get around not picking Garot and as a salad your outlaw, for example. Like, you'll, you'll pick that node even if it's not automatically allocated um, yeah. by your spec choice. Unless you want to play without evasion and numbing poison, I don't see that happening. And where else are you going to put the eight points that you need to be, even be able to access the, the second level of the tree, essentially? I mean, I like I like the the fact that you don't have to take Garot and evasion, but I see where you're coming from. Because first off, if you don't take Garot, you're not going down the left side of the tree, right? Yeah. Um, which is a problem, because if, like, say you want Cold Blood or you want Seal Fate, you're already locked into taking Garot, like, just straight up. Like, if you want to go into Seal Fate, that's at the very bottom of the tree, you have to take Garot at the very, very top, which is weird. Um, I, I can I get behind to, that. I just want to point out, I, I find it very impressive that you guys have managed to talk about Garot for so long. Hey, we're we're assassination OTPs. Yeah, I, I'm I mean, aware. I mean, Garot does silence very and cast, yeah, so uh, there we go. I mean, from my point of view, the other specs. I think the only reason I brought it up is because it's a required node on the one side of the tree, and like, 
because you have to put in two points minimum, I think there's a very real world that if, if growth's really bad for, say, Outlaw, it just basically cuts off that side of the tree. I mean, two points in the context of our trees is actually pretty significant. Yeah. At the, at the bottom, like, makes a really big difference of what you can and can't get. Um, and I think that's a consideration. I don't think it's a big deal, but it's it's worth thinking about. It's also just the only DPS, like the only DPS starting point, right? And there, there is some, like for only the most part, our trees are really DPS symmetrical. But it's definitely noticeable that looking at the class tree, and if this is the last I'm going to say on it, is that on the left side, we have we actually have two talents in the first like third of the tree that improve DPS. Or at least one of them definitely does with uh, Master Poisoner. And then Garou is potentially a DPS gain for, for some of the specs. Uh, Master Poisoner is non-damaging effects. Oh, never mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm not able to read. Uh, but yeah, I, I just wanted to get back to, to the class trees a little bit. Um, what I do agree with what you said earlier, Whisper, uh, where, you know, sure, we have the 20% damage for bleeds there on the right side for assassination. Um, I mean, other class trees also have damage amps that will also apply to bleeds while also applying to all the other stuff. But I don't think that the bleeds will get left behind in that equation. I mean, like all, like most of the damage amps that Zalossi has, for example, are just global damage amps. They apply to, to the bleeds as well as all your other damage. Um, I think Outlaw has at least like one or two talents that work in a similar fashion as well. So I'm not sure if, if I would automatically just say, okay, bleeds are going to be stronger for for assassination i think it's more about the synergies right and and that's i think the big thing is that the other classes even if the damage is good on those abilities um they just lack any any noticeable synergies with the rest of the toolkit and i think that's the that's why we won't re really be seeing them interact with the rotational gameplay very much but i can still see a world where where in certain environments it's worth for facility to cast a rupture you know, maybe you only cast Rapture outside of Dance, and then, you know, you, you benefit from the damage amps you have active during Dance and during Symbols, and then that still makes Rapture, uh, casting Rapture before the Dance worth it, right? That's somewhat similar to what we had with Nightblade uh, uh, in BFA as well. And so I can definitely see some overlap there between the specs, and honestly, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, Just to pivot a little bit, like, I'd like to get your opinion on, on something, you guys, like, what do you guys think about echoing reprimand in yeah. the class tree? Because like I like I I've been played ER sub for a while now, most of this tier, um, and I do enjoy it. I would say that ER is massively propped up by resounding clarity right now, and without resounding charging all your points, it honestly feels pretty crap. But when it does, it's pretty fun. Uh, but Historically, it's not been a very good universal ability. Like, it's really bad for assassination. And the only real universal covenant ability has been flag, right? Like, so I was a little surprised to not see that one in the class tree instead. Yeah, same. The problem, I, like, I'm all for ER being on the class tree, but... Like you said, it sucks for assassination, and I would kind of be okay with that since assassination wants to go on the other sides of the tree mainly. But the thing that really gets me is uh, Echoing Reprimand basically is a three-point talent, 
that doesn't even give you the same amount of combo points as it does now. Um, because Echoing Reprimand Baseline gives you one combo point, and then taking two points in Resounding Clarity gives you three, whereas right now with Resounding Clarity you get four. So is it really worth three, like three talent points in order to get three combo points? I don't like I don't know the math on it, right? Right now but I don't think it is. I, I it, definitely it like it, it feels so weak um, because I think by itself, without like effusive anima accelerator and without some you know that extra anima charge, it's probably not worth three com uh, talent points at this point compared to the other options in the tree. Um, but it does it does bring up an interesting topic, which is um, if we want to dive into the outlaw tree a little bit. Um, I kind of was looking at the outlaw tree. Obviously, I'm not an outlaw player. Uh, but it was interesting to me that you know outlaw has historically been sort of uh, a cov a, a Kyrian enjoying spec. Um. So there's there's a world where at the bottom, uh, the, the capstone on the left of the outlaw tree, effects that grant a chance for sinister strike to try, strike an additional time also apply to ambush. If you take that and dance, an echoing reprimand, you're forced into playing sepsis as well just by the, like how the tree moves, and you'd be playing two covenants. Um. Hell yeah, brother. That seems really weird to me, but I don't I don't know how the intended design for that is maybe you just maybe it's cool to play two covenants i don't particularly hell yeah brother haven't you seen my three covenant sub build oh i made a three covenant sub build with no shadow dance how about that no, mine actually is actually a kind of a reasonable build that can actually well, get three covenants well yeah I, well i'm not I sure it's a good those, build so. but it's it's reasonable which is really funny that that's even a thing uh to have three covenants at the same time but yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I like seeing Covenants return. I I think the choice of Covenants for each of the talents, uh, for, for each of the spec, uh, for each of the specs as well as the class tree, that's the one that bugs me a little bit, because as you said, like historically, um, Venthyr was kind of a Covenant that was playable by all specs, um, and then I, I, if I'd have to rank the the usefulness. Of the covenants by how useful they were to to all of the specs at the same time, it's probably something like Venter Necro, ish, like like maybe it's a tie between Korean and Necro, and then like Knife is not even on that list essentially, and so suddenly seeing Sepsis in all three class trees is really weird. Well, it's interesting because I think people. People have a negative feeling about Sepsis, and I think some of that's because Night Fae fell out of favor after it being an early choice. Sepsis is also somewhat quote-unquote boring. Although I would say that Sepsis is, is a really strong button. I think it's stronger than it looks, and especially with without the legendary effects, and since a lot of these Covenant abilities are essentially baseline, um, I think you'd be surprised at how good sepsis actually is but i do agree it's kind of a boring button in a lot of ways it, it's it's weird because i always felt that the the biggest strength um from picking sepsis wasn't the ability itself but was just the night fade just had very good soul binds and obviously we're not getting any of those right 
Um, I mean, the, the sepsis dot is actually relatively strong, and especially if you play around like the bonk at the end, um, yeah, it can it can do a significant amount of damage. I think baseline, it's probably a lot better than echoing reprimand, like in pure damage terms. I'm yeah, for sure. And and so it, it's weird to me to see uh, like the the covenant that's basically playable by all three specs. That one is like locked into into one of them, um, and not even accessible. Sorry, not even accessible by assassination outlaw. Then we have, uh, I mean, serrated bone spike is just gone, which I think for most people is a good thing because your ability is incredibly bugged, kind of boring as well. But yeah, it just feels weird to see three covenant abilities return, and then the fourth one doesn't, and then the one that we get in the class tree is the one that is really only usable by two specs anyway. Uh, hey, yeah, and I also uh, do agree. It is weird, like. I don't mind sepsis, but I do agree that like it being on the golden path for the outlaw tree as like kind of a required node to get to the bottom of the tree is a little strange because I think in the positioning of a lot of the other covenant abilities across most of the trees, they're kind of optional. Yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna mention that on the subtlety tree, it's sort of its own little offshoot. Um, on the assassination tree, it's behind Doomblade, um, also as a dead end. But then on Outlaw, it's just randomly in the middle and has two talents following it on that same path. I mean, Sepsis is on Restless Blades now, so... Yeah, but Blade Rush like, is... Sepsis is going to be very strong for Outlaw. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a very yeah. powerful... So, Flagellation is propped up by Blunderbuss in the tier set right now. Flagellation fucking blows for Outlaw, okay? That thing sucks, okay? I never want to touch it again, okay? Echoing Reprimand, it's kind of propped up by the Legendary. Serrated Bone Spike, it's cool, but it's useless on a single target. Sepsis actually hits, like, a cannon, and now it's on Restless Blades, so... Wouldn't the same go for SPS, for example, if SPS was on Restless Blades? Not that really, would make it better, like... wouldn't it? I mean, you put anything on Restless Blade, Blades, yeah. it hits like a cannon. Yeah, like, so, so this it, is not necessarily a Sepsis thing, right? It's just well, but no, Sepsis it on its own. You could, you could put Flag there and it would still be good if it was affected by Restless Blades. Yeah, but I don't want to play Flagellation ever again on Outlaw, okay? <laughs> I, I've had too many 18 combo point Flagellations on Jailer on our kills. I, I, I never want to touch that dirty Covenant ever again. It, I hate I, it. I mean, <laughs> I mean you, you've only gotten to play it for one patch, bro. What do you mean? Yeah, I know. I and I never want to do it again. You're already sick of it. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I, I never want to do it again. Uh, I want to opt out. I would admit yeah. I, it's not my favorite. I see ability. that you did not tell an iron stomach IL. It oh, is absolutely not, not. Flag is not my favorite ability, but I do know a lot of people like it. Um, I agree with you. Like sepsis is going to be really good for outlaw, and I do think bone spike is probably the worst for outlaw in single target because it doesn't need the efficiency, right? Like, if you had super yeah. short cooldown on SBS for Outlaw, it'd be, like, kind of whatever, because you're already swimming in energy unless something massive changes. Whereas, like, SBS is a great filler for assassination, right? Like, Mutilate costs 50 energy. Having a cheap builder is really nice. Um, some of the problem with SBS, though, like, I think it's actually a pretty strong single-target talent. It or uh, ability, covenant ability on its base, it's just like everything else surrounding it is not very good. Right? Like, the fact that the, the legendary right now doesn't do anything to, to amp the single target damage is what holds it back versus yeah. the other covenant. So, like, if we go back to Castle Nathria, for example, like, I was playing Necro Assassination. I know it wasn't the super popular option, but it was very strong 
it was within like one percent of of vent there and a lot of that was sbs being decent on single target yeah, yeah. just the other colors got propped up by by the legendary effect that was added later on right and and also just getting some buffs as well and i mean sbs just didn't get to get the same treatment at the end of the day i do yeah, get it's... why they left it out though like you know going to a next expansion like it probably feels weird to give rogues a ranged ability right like outside of the themes of shadowlands right like it doesn't make sense to kind yeah, of it's, it out. it's also just such a replaceable ability right like you could have just given sps to to boomkin and make it give astral power instead of comp like a combo point and it would basically feel like the same ability just for a different class you would give it to warriors and make it give rage and it would be the same thing right so it kind of feels like SBS is one of those abilities where you just give it to any other class, you change the resource it generates, and it would kind of fit as a Necrolord ability. So it's not really a, a rogue-specific one either. The blade interactions were very limited when it came to assassination, and it didn't really have any other interactions with any of the other specs. So yeah, leaving it I out mean, is fine. One thing I would say, though, in favor of it, is my time playing Necro in Castle Nathria using SBS on the multi-target raid encounters or or even like open world stuff is probably the most fun gameplay I got out of any of the four covenant abilities in Shadowlands. Like yeah. all the others are just whatever. I mean they're they're 90 second cooldowns, you mash them on cooldown, whatever. Echoing Reprimand has some gameplay you play around. Largely you just kind of let it come to you though. And Serrated Bone Spike is like the only one you really like have to actively play around all the time. And I did find it quite enjoyable. Like I even played it more recently on Rigalon and it was fun doing that again. Um so we've been kind of waffling around on covenants and class trees for a bit. Uh, I kind of want to talk about the individual trees, not so much like the talents themselves but sort of the direction that uh, the specs themselves are heading. Um, because obviously there's, there's some new stuff on here uh, that kind of changes how each spec plays. Um, some old effects, some old legendaries, old tier sets uh, that could really be defining to the class going forward. Um, especially, you know, not just 10.0, but onwards if it, if it continues to stay. Um... So I guess we'll start with the outlaw tree first. Um, is there? I'll I'll go with I'll go to the guy. Guy, is there anything on the outlaw tree where you're like, oh shit, like this is this is big in terms of you know the the spec identity going forward. Um, keep it rolling seems really cool. Uh, it's like not needed at all with all like the shadow dance, count the odds you know, restless blades, all that nonsense. But like the design is really cute because it's like, you know, you get, you know, you roll like a two buff, you get like three with, or you get like two with, uh, with, uh, with, uh, with count the odds. And then you, you know, you, you flourish it basically. That seems kind of cute. Five minutes is probably way too long of a cooldown, but the concept is cute. Um, I like all of the ambush stuff. I think like a lot of the ambush stuff seems really interesting. I like sepsis. Um, there's nothing like, like, the dance build is, like, the thing that people are going, you know, gorilla for. But, like, there's nothing, like, too, too crazy in here. 
The other thing I like is I like the uh I like the dancing steel and the precise cuts thing where it's like dancing steel gives you three more targets and then precise cuts deals increased damage per target under target cap. I think that's like an interesting way to like incorporate like target caps into like actual like spec identity. Yeah, I mean I agree on keep it rolling. I think it's an interesting idea. I don't know how good it is. I mean, what it ends up, it's on uh, Restless as well, right? So it probably yeah. ends up being about a two-minute cooldown, right, in, in yeah. reality. 30 seconds extension every it's... two minutes. Like, yeah, is that is no. that actually useful? I don't know. Maybe. No. No. I mean, it depends I really on, so. on how Maybe the... if you get five buffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just, about to say, just like, five. we don't, like, right now we're at a point for Outlaw where kind of, like, all the buffs with, like, one notable exception are kind of useful. And well, right like now, having it's like one or the other ones. doesn't make a massive difference anymore in DPS output. No, there's um, two good ones, there's two bad ones, and there's two okay ones, basically. Yeah, like so so if this changes with, with Dragonfly, which I can definitely see happening, and we suddenly have like like we had at the beginning of the of the expansion where you know TB and and uh, Broadside were just like massively better than everything else. Then extending that by 30 seconds on a two-minute cooldown seems pretty damn good to me. Even if it's just for something like like just giving you more consistency throughout the boss fight, it may not necessarily be like a massive overall gain, but it might contribute uh, pretty hard to you just not despairing throughout progression because you suddenly got like a boss pull where you just get bad RNG, you get sh shitty SS procs, and then you just keep rolling bad stuff as well. But instead, like even if you just get like one or two lucky CTO procs, you can then extend those for 30 seconds to make sure you actually have damage throughout like an important part of the fight. I think well, back to playing Outlaw and Slashfist like that. I could see playing cool. around it too, right? In the opener, like let's say, putting aside the fact that like the current ambush build would have CTO procs probably out the ass, but like yeah, I think it's like uh, a 96 percent off time of pops, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> only. <laughs> But like assuming like things are more like they are now, I I still could see a world where like let's say you take loaded dice and then you double vanish in your opener and you're basically guaranteed a quick like double natural roll plus a couple CTO buffs from your opener plus vanish, and then you extend that right so that you're like guaranteed a four or five buff during lust. I I think that could be useful right if you play around it. Yeah, or, or even encounter based, right? You you get like a damage amp on Jailer, or you have a damage amp on the boss, like in Slash Fist. And I mean, Slash Fist was pain to play as Outlaw. Because sometimes you'd get the good procs and you could use everything on pull, and you'd have it again for the first pillar break. And then other pulls, you just didn't. And a talent like this basically lets you have more control over the RNG. And I think that's something that, that Outlaw has always kind of wanted. But to just make sure that if there's an encounter where you really want good rolls at a very specific point in the fight, this is a talent that allows you to do that without just straight up giving you that stuff. Like you still have to think about what you're doing, but at the end of the day, it allows you to really make sure that, that as you just said, you can basically guarantee to have at least like four buffs up during a specific point in the fight. And I think that's, that's a pretty good way to uh, allow a class that doesn't have very powerful cooldowns to still have um, higher damage peaks throughout the fight in a, in a very unique and spec specific way i mean the main problem with keep it rolling is that like there's really no good talents on the way down to it yeah um nobody's gonna nobody's gonna nobody's gonna take like 
Count the odds, a restless crew. Yeah, I someone say guys. restless crew? Restless Bro, crew? Literally, literally, literally in that row is insane. You get, you get the combat potency, you get count the odds, you get the, the very balanced restless crew, and then you get dispatcher. Like, dispatcher's nuts. Like, every dispatcher, build is going to go dispatcher. Dispatcher does. I, I think dispatcher is one of those ones you kind of you were referring to, Guy, earlier, that, like, on the surface, to some people, I don't think it looks very interesting. Oh, it's or, nuts. It, it, it like looks like oh it's like five percent increased damage big deal or like five less energy well it's only five energy whatever like i think it's actually crazy i agree it's literally it's literally like infinite it's unbelievable reduction. how strong that talent is yeah it's it seems it's just one of those things right where when you read about it because it's a very new thing you can't really put it into context yet exactly how good it's going to be but then when you actually like do the math, uh, or rather you have other people do the math, because that's what I am uh, what I do. I just wait for other people to math it out. And then yeah. you suddenly realize, oh, hey, this is really good. Uh, I think that kind of neat. one of those talents that is deceptively like not strong looking. But then, yeah, when the math is done, I think it's probably going to be one of the strongest talents on the Outlawtry. I think one of the neat things about it is that the six second duration is low enough that it'll probably create a fair amount of stress, right? Like on average, it shouldn't be a problem. Like on average, outlaw cast dispatch frequently enough to basically keep that rolling for a pretty significant amount of time. But it's one of those things where people are going to be like having a giant weak or in the middle of the screen, like sweating bullets. Like I got 0 0.2 seconds until it falls off. I wonder if this makes Grey Melee good, because then you don't have to cast... The one thing I don't like about it is that it's basically... I feel like it's almost guaranteed to drop off every time you refresh BTE. Because you're not going to be able to get another Dispatch out. If like, you you're not going to be able to get to, to cast Dispatch, Builders, BTE, Builders, Dispatch in a six-second window, are you? Well, that's you where a, uh, that's where Fan the Hammer comes in, okay? You stack up the opportunity procs. That's and true. You... Like, yeah, if you have a Fan proc or you have an Ace proc, you probably can keep it up, but... That's like, that's like another thing, is that, like, Fan the Hammer kind of synergizes with Dispatcher. I know n literally nobody cares about Fan the Hammer. Everybody's going far left, Shadow Dance, they're juicing, they're, you know, they're going crazy and shit, but, like, man, Fan the Hammer, I, I have faith in Fan the Hammer, okay? I'm a Fan the Hammer truther. I I kind of agree with you about the ambush site. Like, obviously, the ambush site is super strong right now in yeah, theory. Yeah, is that, yeah, it has yeah, a lot of synergy, know. whatever. I think it'll get balanced. It, it'll be, it'll be, we don't have to talk about that too much. We know, we know it's pretty good. Um, and I, I think it's interesting. I think that side of the tree is cool. They have a lot of good ideas. So to talk about, like, Family Hammer, I'm not convinced about, and it's not because of the ambush side. I just, I'm just not totally sure how it fits in. I know we talked about this the other day. Um, yeah. Is that like, you know, it, the main gain to opportunity, right, is the cost efficiency, but it doesn't really have a lot of synergy with greenskins, right? Like greenskins, you're only gonna get when you cast BTE. So like, Family Hammer doesn't really work that well with it. It's basically just giving you a little more energy efficiency, and I'm not sure we'll need it. It's yeah, really I mean, hard to I understand. We've that point multiple times throughout the expansion, haven't we, where, where you were just hitting on opportunity procs and you didn't actually like immediately use them. You used them only at, like, as I said, like when you were actually at a point where you needed the efficiency in terms of resource uh, cost. And if you were already like 
generating too many combo points. I mean, if there even is such a thing, right? But if you were generating too many combo points, too much energy, then yeah, like the, the all all throughput from that extra proc was was really worth it actually, unless it was somewhat tied to to a talent or legendary choice. I think it's got some interesting idea, but like one of the points I brought up to Guy is that the the text of the talent itself actually is a little self-defeating in terms of like it also buffs sinister strike right yeah. which buffs your chance to to get opportunity that seems nice on the surface right but when you're required to take like improved main gauche on the way down and fan the hammer gives you an improved sinister strike it makes sinister strike stronger which makes opportunity procs worse, right? Like by the time you get to the bottom of the tree, it's it's quite possible opportunity raw opportunity procs aren't actually better than casting Sinister Strike with the additional extra hit chance that you yeah, get. Yeah, you're, you're going to generate so many procs, you don't even have time to use them, right? Well, the thing is, you're also going quick draw, and like we always like that, like all of these like energy efficiency like stupid min maxi rules like only exist when you're going like non quick draw but if you're forced to go quick draw you're probably just going to default you know back to you know casting them as you get them and you yeah. can stack them up like the, the way i see it is that like if dispatcher stacks are um falling off in a significant fashion because like if you're you know you're casting between the eyes and you just can't build fast enough like fan the hammer supplements that somewhat because you're able to like quickly build really fast because like let's say you have like four opportunity procs just sitting there right you cast between the eyes and you just pistol shot pistol shot pistol shot and then dispatch and then like the the dispatchers never drop right but like the thing is like it's really hard to like understand like how much energy efficiency you actually need because you, you only need enough but we don't know how much enough is right like yeah. maybe we don't need to go fatal flourish combat potency a uh, vigor blade rush uh slicer dicer like we, we don't need to go all of these like talents to get like enough to actually like play the game right so i, I think what it's missing when i think about it is that it's missing some kind of timing element right where yeah. there's nothing in this tree where we gain from fanning the hammer right like in in the way of it'd be it'd be interesting if if say greenskins instead of it being your next pistol shot it'd be like all pistol shots yeah. within five seconds or something like that and then you'd actually have some payoff and some synergy of like banking those charges and like firing off three pistol shots in a row in that window i, I think that's kind of what i feel like it's missing like interaction wise you basically be relying on some sort of boss mechanic and um, creating those windows of opportunity, pun intended, where, where either you have downtime, right, and then instead of just sitting there and sitting out of melee range, you can actually, like, still wail on the boss from, like, while you're dropping a mechanic off on the side or something. And yeah. that's a good, a good way, like, similar to how we used to use um, SPS at times, where it's just, it's a nice filler for when you're out of melee range. Yeah, family um, hammer. I, I can see a lot of that, value right? coming from that. Where say you're on jailer, and you you have to drop your bomb off in a, in a bad spot because you know warlocks are taking all the good ones, and then you you have to run out of melee for like five seconds. And what are you gonna do? Oh, you have like four family hammer procs. Okay, that's four pistol shots and like high value, like decent damage abilities that you can just throw out to still have damage uptime while you're not actually in melee. And I think that's where where the value might be coming from instead of relying on, on too many synergies in the trees. I think Sell I'd also... the downtime enjoyer. Yeah, I, I think I'd like to also see something on that side of the tree that reduced the cooldown of Between the Eyes somehow. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Aldo doesn't have an cooldown reduction yet, that's true. Well, I, I get what you mean, but like the the energies are like the the synergy between like that out of range stuff and and ace and green skins is totally restricted by your cast rate of between the eyes, right? Which, yeah. if that's not any better for going down the the gunslinger side of the tree, it kind of feels weird to me. I mean, it is it is on restless though, right? Four P's, right? It is on restless, yeah. Uh, well, um, I think the one thing that I personally like about uh, the Outlaw Tree, not being an Outlaw player and, and sitting silently watching people talk about things I don't understand, is uh, I like the movement from like Slicer Dicer, like having that extra connection. I feel like that's an interesting choice for me. Like looking at Heavy Hitter and Audacity versus just taking Slicer Dicer and just running down the tree. I kind of like that, um, and I've just been sort of hovering over a bunch of talents. Obviously, I know what most of these do, um, but I think there's stuff like Precise Cuts, which is really cool, um, because you have Dancing Steel hitting like additional enemies and stuff. Uh, I think the Outlaw Tree is actually like kind of really good. Um, I wouldn't say that it makes me excited to play Outlaw, but it, like it's getting there. Uh, yeah, it owns. I, yeah. I, I do. I, I do really like it. I think the tree is solid. I like similar to what we were talking about, like on the class tree. I think it could use some le left to mid, right to mid connecting nodes, and I think For that sure. would help a lot uh, because right now it's very polarized between either far right or far left. But I do like those. I do like those little nexuses on the side that you're talking about, right? Those little optional. Uh, paths that you get to choose between going on on either side. I I do like that element to it for sure. It, it seems odd to not have a connector from Blade Rush and Killing Spring to uh, you know the to to uh, taken by surprise and fan the hammer respectively because that would mirror the the movement we already had uh, like in the like three right. tiers ahead of it where you know you go go either left side or right side. Um, Obviously, you would be losing some of the synergy by not going sepsis and going going beyond that and then pathing down that way. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's a common theme for all the the spec trees. It's just that talent point economy would be improved drastically if there was just a little bit more connection between individual paths. Um, usually, you're basically locked into one of the sides very early on. And then there's not a whole lot of choice going on. It's more like you make the decision somewhat early to go left, middle, or right. And then once you do, you just like send it all the way down to the to the capstone. Um, looking in particular like outlaw right now, like look left side and right side have a lot of choice. And then you look at the middle, and it's just you just run the middle down all the way from from float like a butterfly, right? And it's just one point after another that you just put into talent without even thinking about it. I think that goes kind of counter to to what the talent trees are supposed to be about. Maybe they'll add a couple more talents, but Outlaw already has way more talents than the other two specs. Um, but yeah, I what I like about Outlaw is that to me it's the only tree that really adds novel ideas to all three parts of the tree. Because if you're looking at a tree in like three distinct sections, left, middle, right, there's new stuff there for all of those. Um, and that's not necessarily something that you can say about either assassination or subtlety. 
and all these novel ideas seem well thought out. There's a lot of synergy within the tree and also with other parts of the tree, or, or rather within the section. And then with you know between the left and the right section, there's still overlap with, with some of the synergies there. And I think that's why to me Outlaw felt like, especially when looking at the trees for the very first time, Outlaw felt like the the most thought out and like a, as if most of or more time has been spent on Outlaw than was spent on both assassination and subtlety. Um, that's actually a good point um, about having kind of novel and new concepts into the spec. Um, and I kind of want to use that as a pivot to kind of swing the other way into the non-novel and uh, very steadfast and well-known. Um, the subtlety tree has nothing that I'm excited about. I'm gonna be honest. Um, what? It, well, I I how think you'd not be I, excited for shadowy mist. Hog. <laughs> obviously, like a lot of the a lot of the feedback about the subtree is that you know it's it's a little more unfinished than the others. I think pretty pretty clearly. Um, it does feel like a bit of a grab bag, right? It it's like let's toss in all the mechanics that sub has ever had and just kind of plop them down. There's not a lot of like when we're when we're talking about the outlaw tree, there's a clear vision right between the left and right side. And you have these ideas and concepts. And in the sub tree, it's just kind of like stuff. It's just like good stuff. Yeah, I mean, running down the running down the left side of the sub tree, I was like, OK, well, you know, we get backstab weapon master pre-med like this is just generator stuff. Shadow techniques, fine. Symbols, a symbols buff, another symbols buff with inevitability. And then all of a sudden we're like back to perforated veins, and then we have shadow dust and the rotten sitting there. And like I can kind of see the train of thought with like, okay, well, it's kind of the backstab symbols side of the tree and the generators and vanish. But it's it's just a hodgepodge of just random effects that kind of fit together like just threw all of the tier sets and all of the legendaries at the at the you know at the board and saw what stick um, yeah i mean i i would say at least like the the sub community has been really active in giving feedback and i know reels has been listening to it pretty heavily uh, i know there's changes planned and sub was i think clearly the the early or like the latest implemented right or had the least amount of time spent on it so i i can expect that we're going to see a much better iteration of this pretty soon um and we'll just see how it goes i mean i do feel like kind of what i was talking about earlier is like my inclination is if you're giving shadow dance to everybody you have to do something to shore up the identity of of sub and yeah sub is going to have the best shadow dance but when everyone else has shadow dance it it does i think take a little away from that feel and i'm not sure the current subtree accomplishes that because like if anything you're doing stuff like moving symbols to an optional node right and symbols right now is basically the core of the entire rotation you build everything around symbols plus shadow dance and sync things up and all that and by making that weaker and moving it to an optional node like i'm not sure what sub really has left in the tank as core identity yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think Sub's core identity based on just the tree is finishers, but then because of how the tree is set up, 
you spend a good chunk, if not over half of your points, just going into like generator stuff. You're like, oh, I'm I'm playing Gloomblade now. I'm I'm you know going into symbols. I'm buffing it with Rotten, which is not really historically what subtlety has had as an identity. Um, and like you still have deeper daggers, you still have replicating shadows. Those are like finisher stuff. Black powder is back, but even the right side of the tree, which is supposed to be so finisher based, still has generator stuff. Like it still has uh shuriken storm giving find weakness like that is basically a required talent and it's just like there's tornado in there there's all this weird stuff there's a weapon poison trait um to make it shadow damage so like even when even when i want to go into finisher damage and i'm like okay well it's it's big like i want big finishers it right now the tree doesn't allow that and I know that the tree obviously is going to go into some big iterations. Um, and I think the, the thing that I am most looking forward to is just something new. Um, I feel like subtlety in the last couple of expansions, basically since the Legion rework, has uh, like kind of had an identity crisis. Not full on, but it's it's had its moments during Legion where it's like, okay, well... Subtlety's identity is you don't get to do AoE. However, because of that, we're gonna giga buff your single target. We're gonna we're gonna give you funnel. And then that went away because it was deemed too strong. And then it's just kind of been waffling around. Um, and it's just been like, okay, well, maybe something generator based, maybe something finisher based. And I don't know. For a spec whose mastery is literally your finishers just do more damage. I I don't I don't think that it's uh really that that impressive right now in terms of finisher damage. It's a thing that goes for all rogue specs, right? The the build combo points. I've been talking about this a lot. I know. Uh, build combo points for big finishers, and then typically for all the specs, that's not true anymore. It's not the it's not your finishers that deal the most damage. It's usually your builders. Uh, the only way to make finishers deal good damage is by propping them up with all the rental powers you can get your hands on. Um, but it's still, I feel like, a distinct lack of of finisher damage improving talents. Um, I think the, the spec tree is actually pretty pretty solid for it here for Saladie. Uh I think what it's missing is some of the finisher synergy on the class tree, because there basically is none beyond uh, deeper stratagem. Yeah, so... I think I think like this is definitely a case where we just have to wait and play it play it out. Like I think there's so many changes planned for this tree right now already that um it's just gonna change dramatically. Which is good. Like I think this is a great example of um it being a, a big positive that we got our trees early and that we've got a dev that's kind of engaged with the community and we're gonna see So far. We're gonna see a decent amount of iteration here. The sub community has been really active in in giving a lot of good feedback and speculating about like tree layouts and you know like foo and push and put together all kinds of like images and spec ideas and there's a lot of people contributing to that conversation as well so it's been really cool to see i think this is definitely like one of the big positives of of us getting early alpha trees yeah, definitely. yeah absolutely 
and uh, God forbid subtlety does not get more attention uh, attention than the other two specs. We can't have that. It needs to remain the the redheaded nah, stepchild. I, I know I'm hating a little bit, uh, but I think there's a lot of uh, doom and gloom going around right now for sub just because it feels the most like what you already have. But is that honestly a bad thing? Are people really yes? Like, like, is the way that sub currently plays that bad? Like, yes. If we remove the tier set, right? Yeah, I think it is. I, well, I think it has some severe weaknesses that need to be shored up. I mean, I, I think so the, do the fact, other specs like, though, like, like, how does that make subtlety unique in that sense? Like, well, all I, the other I think, specs have issues as well. And obviously, those should be addressed, right? But I just don't see how how this I think, makes. I think what's unique about sub right now compared to many other specs in the game is it has to make some very binary choices right like which can be interesting but i don't think the payoff is there you like basically when you're funneling a sub right now you are quite literally the lowest aoe damage in the entire game like basically tank level aoe and then when you're not funneling you're like the lowest priority target da damage during an aoe rotation of like anyone in the game and that's all basically only to get like slightly above average results. So the, the payoff just isn't there. Like it'd be one thing if when sub was funneling, it was like giga funnel. But right now it's like, if you look at it, it's below warlocks funnel. It's below survival hunter funnel. It's like below two other classes. Um, and you basically give up a hundred percent of your AOE to do like, okay-ish funnel and i think the the payoff needs to be improved if I mean, you're, you're really comparing yourself up. to incredibly broken classes and th this is nothing not th as good as those i think the i think the point is like it's this concept has been around with sub for two expansions now and it just hasn't worked right like ever ever since um shuriken combo was removed the payoff for swapping modes with the damage patterns hasn't been there it's it's there as a theoretical gameplay element it just doesn't really accomplish anything so i think that's an issue with sub for sure and then also like it basically has the worst cleave pr damage profile of any spec in the game and it's so far out of line with every other spec design in that regard that it it feels a little strange I know I replicating shadows kind of alleviate like, that issue a little bit. Replicating shadows will probably help a bit, but I think that's also an issue that really needs to be addressed with sub. Sub just has some glaring weaknesses that do not apply to like ninety percent of the specs in the game. But do they compare to Outlaw and Asa? Because like, like here's the thing, yeah. What I'm hearing is that the 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 what, what you just said. Like, I just don't think I can agree with that. Like, especially when it comes to the the AOE versus funnel thing, and that that's a uh, that has not been uh, a strength of the sub toolkit anymore. And then I'm just looking at the viability of rogue specs throughout and plus this expansion. And I'm seeing that being the only reason why subtlety has edged out both of the other rogue specs in a, in a significant way. So I just, I'm just not sure if I can really agree with the notion that, you know, while I mean, tunnel does not compare to Destrolox, it doesn't compare to, sub, uh, to, to uh, survival right I now. But I think those classes are broken. 
I think in terms of Mythic Plus, the only reason Sub has really taken off is that Outlaw has been bad. Like, when Outlaw is yeah. good, I don't think you bring Sub. Yep, I think it's yep. just the fact that people, you know, maybe I'm misinformed, okay? But a lot of people who do keys, they really think Rogue is the is the fucking bee's knees. And they're just going to play the, the Rogue spec that is currently the most overtuned. So in Season 2, the most overtuned Rogue spec was Sub, so you played Sub. In Season 1, it was Outlaw, so you played Outlaw. In, you know, fucking uh, BFA Season 1, it was Sin, so you played Sin. It's just like, you know, <clears throat> people have kind of, you know, come to the conclusion that Rogue is busted, so you're going to play Rogue, and you're just going to play the Rogue spec that is the, the highest damage at the moment, so. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, Sully, that, like, I think sub has some advantages it's just like they're they're not really as strong as people think they are a yeah. lot of this is based on like mentality of like sub is the funnel spec well yeah sub is a funnel spec and its design has some funnel elements but when you look at like how much it actually gains damage wise it's just not really enough to build a whole spec around right like it it's there but it's not quite there it's like for example, everyone knows Assassination is really good at cleave, right? Like three target cleave. Assassination just like blasts, right? Like there are very few specs that can compete with Assassination in that kind of like three target cleave, especially like extended cleave scenario. And that's something it's really good at. Like it's probably the best at. But like sub doesn't have that. Sub is good at Funnel, and it has Funnel, but it's not the best at Funnel. It's never been the best at Funnel outside of, like, one encounter that happened in one expansion, and then they decided Sub can't have strong Funnel anymore. Bald. Yep. I mean, it still does. Like, like I, I still... Like, like I mean, I guess we, we can uh, agree to disagree on this. I still think that Sub Funnel is better than pretty much most other classes. If the classes well, are somewhat balanced, right now the classes aren't balanced, right? But when you're when we're talking about niche users, I think the funnel or the prior damage, um, with the ability to just with by changing your rotational priorities to immediately shift into either a full AOE or a full single target, like that kind of flexibility without needing to change talents, without needing to to really, you know, have like um, fundamental changes to the spec, but rather just having a different rotational priority that is a very powerful toolkit still and i'm looking at at you we always talk about oh assassination is basically unbeatable on like low target cleave and i'm like yeah theoretically that's absolutely true it just sucks that we never had an encounter in the last 10 years where that actually mattered it's not like it actually mattered in any of the m plus dungeons that's we, fair we, there i was mean never a situation where you could actually utilize that particular strength and while well, sub definitely has that one strength to it, and it's not as pronounced as it maybe should be. Um, that strength comes into play a lot. Uh, I think that's that's something that we we gotta remember. Um, one it does thing definitely I would... tie into this issue of well, something that we've talked about before, where within the three rogue specs, it feels like every one of the specs has a particular niche, and it's it's good enough to edge out the other rogue specs. So we see this move from you know like if Prior damage is good and subtlety will be played over Outlaw or over Assassination. But as you said, the problem is that when we compare to other classes, that different uh, that difference isn't big enough anymore. If sub is 20% more prior damage than Assassination, that's a noticeable difference within the Rogue. 
but if then we come if we have the destro log and it is 200 percent more prior damage then obviously that 20 percent from south doesn't look as strong anymore well what i what i would argue there is that yeah 20 percent additional prior damage is a fair amount but is it worth giving up literally 100% of your AOE? And that's like, that's the trade-off you have to make as sub. It's not like you're giving up 80% of your AOE. You're giving up like all of it. And th that's a big cost. Like it, it, it's not really a stark decision most specs have to make. Yeah, and something uh, to, to compare, like if Outlaw, if we go, went back in time, right? If Outlaw still had one rank of keep your wits about you, it would beat sub funnel right now and also do good aoe at the same time that's like you're so you're basically saying all of subs spec identity is as power is less powerful than one azurite trait was in bfa and i just don't think that's enough to build a spec around yeah so so here's a question is that something a talent tree can fix yes why wouldn't it be like if, if like the 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 thing was literally just like oh well one azrite trait is more powerful give it a, a like you can just add a talent that is three points it's three three funnel points gg now you have funnel that's the whole idea like if they can do it with azrite traits and they can do it with a passive like of course you can do it on a talent tree. Like, the talent tree probably does it even better. I think you can, and I think some of some of the problems in Shadowlands came from the design of Black Powder as well, because it, it kind of, like, doubled down on that binary choice between full AoE or full funnel. And I think if something like Secret Technique was actually tuned correctly and it was more, like, fit into the... the funnel mentality i think somebody had an idea in sub chat the other day it was like what if secret technique worked kind of like uh you know the ring mechanic in legion or soul capacitor where like it put a, a debuff on your current target and you funneled in your target and then he you did aoe damage in an explosion after it expired that's a cool idea that could really fit into this design paradigm of a funnel spec right and you could do that. I mean, it's only one ability in the tree, and secret technique needs a lot of love anyway, so might as well do something with it. I think there's definitely design space that could be expanded upon in a talent tree that would make sub make a little more sense. All right. If, if you guys had to describe what your, your vision is for the sub identity in three words, what three words would you use? Copium. <laughs> uh, like shadow damage, like finishers, and like symbols of death. That's like the, the three for me pretty much. Actually that's six words. <laughs> if if I'm thinking like historically going like Legion forward, I'd say uh short cooldown cycles. It's my three words. Yeah, I uh, think I, I think abilities. that's basically what sub's entire identity has been based around since the legion revamp is these like mini cooldown cycles of like you line up all your stuff and then you do your symbols and shadow dance and dfa and you do a big burst within like three globals and then you you do that cycle every 20 seconds or so that's kind of been their gig for a while until we got to shadowlands and have like 80 percent shadow dance uptime or something 
Yeah, it, I think my three words would be short cooldown burst. Um, because I, I definitely think that I the, the the thing I enjoyed most about subtlety was being able to just like even if it's useless for twenty seconds or twenty five, like those moments every thirty seconds, every minute where you just popped off with like a big DFA, that was pretty sick. Um, I enjoyed wad sub as well with a uh, big cooldown shadow dance. That was pretty. That was pretty cool. Um, and I don't know. Generator sub just doesn't do it for me. I'm gonna be real. Um, so excited to see what the changes are to the sub tree. Uh, before we get into our Q and A, we did talk about assassination quite a bit, but uh, I just want to quickly go over the assassination tree and stuff that we're seeing. Um, Devo aura broken. Devo aura broken. Yep. Uh, Devo aura. aura. <laughs> we actually. Now listen, restless crew. We could talk about it till the cows come home. Okay, but Devo aura. That is that is a nonsense talent. There's that a, is a nonsensical talent on the tree. There's there's a a, a Q and A question that that will will go over uh, atrophic poison, um, but I guess uh, to start us off on the on the assassination tree, indiscriminate carnage, hmm, pretty sick, like that. It's a cool it's a cool concept. I think awesome. it's something something. It's the one that applies AOE leads ah yes the one that makes the rotation easy i mean i think i think assassination has needed something like that for doing oh, yeah. for a really oh, yeah, long for time sure. because like Sally's uh, talked about this at length like even when assassination does comparable damage to sub or outlaw and keys it's like you have to play 700 iq You've got to have your mouse overs on point, your click, 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 and then you look over at damage meters and you're like doing the same damage or less than everybody else, and you just cast like 17 abilities on 12 targets and they're just sitting there spamming one button. Woo, rain of fire, woo! Like, it's always been like that. It's been that way since the dawn of time, and multi dot as a core AoE mechanism has never been effective. Like I've, I used to play Feral. We were told we had to multi-dot in WAD. It was always a waste of time. Multi-dotting as assassination in Legion was always a waste of time. You know, like you can prop it up with as much as you want, but it really needed something like this to get those dots up because otherwise you spend half the pull just putting things up and it's just not worth it. Yeah, no, it's definitely definitely something that's actually gonna make the spec like, because like shrouded suffocation, you know, that was the you know the, that was the nuts before it got nerfed, uh, rightfully so. But um, having something just to like get going fast, it seems pretty it seems pretty impactful. Um, like yeah. Sally, what do you think about the cooldown? Is 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 ninety seconds too long? Uh. No, I don't think so. I think the the strength ultimately won't even come from the raw damage output from the bleeds themselves, but it's a, it's a combination it's energy, of having right? scent of blood. Yeah, yeah, scent of blood is incredibly underrated. It was incredibly oh, yeah, underrated the throughout oh, yeah, that's as well. Yeah, scent of blood was always really good. It was just a matter of getting it up, right? Like it, it basically got edged out by echoing blades because it did the same thing. It was a trait or, or a passive that did not affect your single target or, or barely. Um, while drastically improving your AoE and what Scent of Blood did over the course of 10 to 15 seconds if you're getting like 7 or 8 ruptures up, Echoing Blades did just by spamming Fan of Knives. 
And I was never a big fan of, of either Echo or Shrouded Suffocation because I felt that it was just too much power to, to just put behind a single button. And that's why I was never a fan of those kind of mechanics, similar with Wits. Um, and Sun of Blood actually like gives you a decent ramp, but you also have this this one ability that lets you get that ramp instantly if you need it. And I think that's that's pretty much required at the current stage. And I'm not even looking at Plus here, I'm looking at Raid Encounters as well. Like if you're if you're going to raid encounter, you basically bring the assassination only for the single target. We talked about it before. While you have the theoretical advantage in a cleave environment, it's just never used because you never have the time to ramp up anyway. Ads usually have to die very fast, and you just don't have any any tools to do that. And now we we do. Um, Cooler might be a little bit high, but it's also very powerful, so I don't mind not having it for every time you need it. So it's more of a of a decision making again, where you have to decide do you want to do it this pull or next pull. And you can still ramp up normally, right? It's just you don't have this this front loaded ramp, and I think that's that's good enough. But I'm I'm honestly I'm more excited about, uh, more excited about Center of Blood than I am about Carnage. Yeah, I mean I I think it will be interesting to see like how it maths out of scent of bloods even single target value during death mark and stuff like that so yeah. it's presumably it would you'd get double the bonus if rupture gets properly replicated like we've been told so it sounds interesting getting getting a lot of primary stat and i mean in bfa it was close to 100 like you you basically almost doubled your primary stat with seven ruptures up um at the time like like in season one and that was with two cent of blood rates not three um Getting a lot of primary stat in AoE is is significant. Um, I think people are underrated, especially when it comes to act, like how worth a single dot is when it deals double the damage all of a sudden. Like well, that is I mean. not like, to be underestimated. Boring, these boring talents, people like, oh my god, bat chest, I love shadow dance, and then like there's shit that just gives you infinite agility for like for nothing. Like pe people yeah. don't care about that, bro. Yeah. But then you realize, oh yeah, you, you're looking at sub and it has like what twenty percent shadow damage, and you're oh man, this is really good, yeah. And then you have another talent that gives you a hundred percent more agility, and people I, think, mm, okay. Well, I would I would say push push made a good point in chat that like scent of blood is probably better funnel than all of sub's current mechanics yeah. right now. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it will be. I mean, depending on how it's tuned, yeah. But uh, overall, I think that assassination. Support, like my first thought when I looked at the assassination tree was very similar to what I thought when I was looking at the subtlety tree and it felt like okay so they basically just put all the Azerite traits and a bunch of legendaries together and some of the older talents and they put it in a tree and I wasn't particularly hyped and the more I looked at the assassination tree the more I started to like it because there's just so much synergy between like different parts of the tree that uh, we could easily come up with 10 different builds in this tree alone and that makes it pretty exciting. And that's not even considering, you know, what options we have in the in the class tree right now. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm just gonna say I'll, I'll be a broken record and say, I mean, the same the same kind of issue does exist with like it'd be cool if there was more of a connecting node thing at the bottom, yeah. maybe some crossover. But I I do like the assassination tree. Um, one thing like, do we want to talk about? vendetta versus deathmark like that's Hell that's yeah, probably the do. biggest biggest change that assassination has gotten gameplay wise in about like 12 years yeah <laughs> i was about to say since uh since classic essentially deathmark good we love it 
man. That is yeah, so fucking I'll, I'll boring, dude. I'll quote back to you when it overhangs snapshots and you have to send that. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> no. No. No overhang. Just just a solid interaction. Please delete Exsanguinate. Just, just, de just delete it. Just delete Exsanguinate so we don't have to think about Deathmark plus Exsanguinate questions for the next two years. Ugh, nah, it's, uh, the, the cooldown change is, I think, something that none of us really expected. But I think that we're all excited about because Vendetta is an incredibly boring cooldown. And so seeing, seeing a very like thematically appropriate cooldown that essentially does the same, right? It's still only a single target DPS cooldown, but it it does it in a in a unique way that interacts with other and synergizes with other talents and that doesn't lock the power behind pressing the button itself, but what that button press allows you to do through those synergies. Whether it's a double bleed generating extra energy, um, or you know, gaining more damage amp from from lethal dose. Uh having the, the double poison procs and everything generate extra energy through dashing scoundrel. So there's there's a lot of synergies there that aren't tied to the button itself. So you can just target swap and still benefit from it even on a different target if, if another one shows up all of a sudden. Um, I like that a lot. So it doesn't like lock you to your target for 20 seconds. And there's some implications in how exactly it's going to work that make it very interesting to explore like talents we, we initially wrote off as useless, whether it's Shadow Dance, whether it's Exsanguinate. I know you all hate it, I hate it too, but it's infinitely more exciting with a talent like Deathmark than it would be with Vendetta. No, I agree. I mean, I, I like Deathmark. I, I think originally I was a little taken aback by Vendetta getting removed because it's been around for so long. But, you know, once we got confirmation about how Deathmark would actually function, I think it's pretty cool. And I think the longer cooldown does potentially allow for a different damage profile. I know this is something we've all talked about, I think, about the three rogue specs right now, is that they largely follow the same damage profiles across the length of a fight, right? Like, especially in single target. None of them bring anything unique to the table, and that's kind of strange if you look at other classes especially pure dps classes where their two or three specs have wildly different damage profiles for their cooldowns or their damage patterns or whatever all the rogues are kind of like we have a mid mid tier medium duration small impact cooldown and we just kind of do sustained damage and deathmark does have the capability to change that it's on a, in a bit of a longer cooldown we can do setup for it. Um, it could potentially lead to like a very large amount of single target burst again. Yeah, like the, the one thing that makes me a little bit sad about Deathmog is that I ultimately feel that maybe the approach of just completely redesigning the major cooldown is something that all three specs could have needed and not just assassination. Um, no. Because I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about Adrenaline Rush and Shadow Blades as cooldowns, but I also feel that they, maybe it's time to get rid of those as well and replace them with something more exciting, more more fitting to the the identity of the spec. Well, no. Shadow Blades kind of sucks. I mean, it's Shadow Blades is one of the worst three minute cooldowns in the whole universe. What Adrenaline Rush is bad, and it's designed. Uh, around restless blades so i do, like okay i 
Honestly, so I'm trying to make it all right because I hate my shaman. I've decided that I hate playing shaman, okay? <clears throat> I'm trying to find another character that's fun. But every single class in WoW is just a, a giant nuke cooldown class. And I don't want to play more giant nuke cooldown classes, okay? I want Outlaw to be its special little straight line. Okay, I don't want I don't want no no touching no touching adrenaline rush. Okay, no, I, I want more straight line classes. Okay, I don't want I don't want cooldowns. I think the positive to adrenaline rush is at least it feels good, right? Even yeah. even if it's not the most impactful thing, it has a feel to it, and you realize like I'm going so fast, and people love the you know like their energy is like pegged at a hundred and their GCD locked. It like the even if... cooldown reduction makes a big difference there yeah. i think even without so... that like before we had that i, I felt it, like as a cooldown it was it was very uninspired as well right and when they added that like just this minor change made a massive difference yeah so like i like i like adrenaline rush it's not the most impactful thing in the world but it doesn't need to be yeah exactly like the spec is very much designed around like hey you have restless blade so all of your buttons suck but you have them up you know 50 percent of the yeah. time and that's like how the spec is like designed and Dude, I, I just, I, I don't want to play Rogue where it's like, oh, cool, you have three cooldown classes. Oh, let, let me play Warlock. Oh, it's three cooldown classes. Let me go play Shaman. Oh, I could play range cooldown class or melee. Like, dude, I, I can't. I hate cooldowns, okay? Yeah, same. Yeah. Free me. Free me. I don't want any. Shadow Blades just doesn't do enough. Oh, yeah. For, but like, for, like, like Shadow Blades is now... Three-minute cooldown. Well, it's not like... It's the same as, like, Restless Blade. It's like a quote-unquote three-minute cooldown, right? Because, you know, you have Stiletto, Staccato, both in Dragonflight and in Shadowlands. True. So it's like... Yeah. It's not really a three-minute cooldown. It's like, it's like calling Adrenaline Rush a three-minute cooldown, right? But it could definitely be, be done in a in a more exciting way, right? Like what you said oh, earlier, yeah. where, where theoretically, if you just add, like, a, a Soul Cap uh, Capacitor mechanic to Shadow Blades as a cooldown, then suddenly it would be a lot more interesting, right? Yeah, you should, there should be something additional to just like it can do the same damage it should just do something like exciting like it should just like proc like symbols of death or like something like make it do something yeah, so you yeah, it, do something at the end of the day yeah shadow blades was an exciting cooldown in 2006 yeah you know it's like not so much well, now was it? no but it was I, okay I remember we'll it actually <laughs> as lost when it was first on beta for mop because it did shadow damage and then with all the armor penetration we had going, having it deal shadow damage was actually worse than just continuing to deal physical damage. Uh, adrenaline so they had to like pop like, it up quite a bit. Adrenaline Rush felt like God mode in Classic, but yeah. you know that's that's it, its legacy at least. But I like I like the redesign of Deathmark. It's a cool it's a cool idea. I'm glad they took a risk, right? Like I I think that's a, something we have not seen with the assassination spec in a really long time it's been very much the same design for an exceedingly long period of time change is good uh you know i like this whole idea of the double poisons thing i think amplifying poison may be good i i wonder like if amplifying poison isn't good the dragon tempered blade stops being very useful because just having instant poison as your second lethal poison is just like hardly any additional damage. But I guess it's it's kind of a cool concept anyway. I'm looking forward to casting four poisons before every pull. That that's fun. Woo! Every thirty minutes. Can we please raise the uh duration of those a little bit? <laughs> um so the elephant in the room, um, atrophic. Uh, so 
it should be a choice node with numbing poison that's my quick version of my feeling of it it should be in the class all right all right i like that um the question that we had uh was from a a gentleman named sova i assume it's a gentleman um i'm gonna do some assumptions on genders i'm sorry um and he said, wouldn't it be better to push the uh, rogue raid buff utility into the class tree instead of the spec tree so you can pick between any of the three? So he means Restless Crew, uh, Atrophic, and uh, the, the, whatever the fuck Sub has. There is, no, there is nothing that Sub has. Um, do you think that that could be that. just a full-on choice? Three choice uh, no, notes? No, no, I was very surprised to see spec-specific rage utility. Um, I, I think that is still very much rogue unique. Like, looking at the other class trees, they don't have that. We are the only ones. Um, and I'm not a fan, honestly. I, unless you push it across all classes, and even then you have this balancing issue of, okay, like some spec rage utility might be a lot stronger than other one, and then you're basically you know, reduced again to uh, to what rate utility you provide and how good it is. And I mean, that might very well be the case for, for a spec like Outlaw. Hopefully it won't be the reason you play Outlaw and the damage itself is actually competitive. Um, there's this, yeah. I, I think I it only like makes sense. It in the class tree. I think it only makes sense to have spec-specific raid utility when the roles are different. I think for yeah. a pure DPS spec, or class, the strength of a pure class is that you can swap specs and you can match needs of your guild or the encounter with the spec. And if you gate utility that's like kind of semi sort of required or being required by your raid team to one of your specs, you're really removing the main advantage of being a pure DPS class. I think the general design that they're trying to do with Dragonflight, and they kind of did with, uh, what was the other one? The, the Shadowlands, yeah. Um, is they just want everything to have, like, a slice of utility, because they just want it to be, like... Because if it's only, like... If it's only a Trophic Poison, that's like, oh, you just always go... Assassination shows go blah, 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 right? But if you just if you just give everybody some, like, stupid shit, like, you give you give Outlaw Restless Crew, you give Assassination a Trophic Poison, you give uh, Shaman Wind Fury Totem, you give uh, uh, Elemental Shaman, you give Sky Fury Totem, like, you give everybody bullshit, it's impossible to actually be exclusive because everything is just good. Like, that, I think that's the idea they're trying to do with, like, Dragonflight, right? I, I would say that as somebody who helps make our raid comps every week, what you just said makes me have an aneurysm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think, that, I think I just, that's literally get, the point. Is it's I just guess. like, yeah, you, you can't make the perfect comp. You just have to like pick pick some bullshit and it'll probably be good enough. Hey, it's it's player. So, so it's the thing, right? that's not how you build raid comps, right? If you build a raid comp, you're going to look at like your best 10 players, your best 15 players, and then all the other people who, who do not make the core. The remaining five players that you'll bring will be the players that best support that core of your raiders. So that decision process will still be made and you will still reduce a certain amount of people in your raid to the class that they play because they can support the, the people that, that just perform better, essentially at least in a progression-oriented guild, right? Obviously, if it's a little bit more casual, then then this is not really uh, a concern. But um, I'm guess like I'm thinking if you're looking at e- even like Race for World first, 
you're going to look at a guild and they will look at an encounter, Echo or Liquid or you know any of the others, and they will see, okay, this is a pipe where Boomkin is really good. Okay, so we're gonna have two groups that just that are gonna half support the Boomkin in in this raid. And then you'll see two groups with two Boomkins each, and then you know, three other players or six other players rather that are just like simping for those for those boomkins for that specific fight so i'm not really sure if the the desired effect is actually created by by the approach um or if it's just kind of repeating the same issue only in a slightly different flavor i think it's an interesting theory like i i do agree with you guy that that's probably the direction or their thought process i'm not sure it will have the intended effect i think you get that effect better from redundancy than you do uniqueness because the real risk with uniqueness right is that you do get into a situation where on x encounter okay the boss hits too hard so we need a trophic poison so assassination player is a lock we need battle shout he's a lock we need wind fairy totem because we've got arms plus whatever assassination player so that's a lock and we need a mage and we need a priest for pi and we like you get to the point where you're actually making zero decisions about your comp because the the fight dictates who you bring because of all the unique utility and how it slots into like the quote-unquote optimal strategy well, between, like, I've seen interviews where they're talking about how, like, yeah, you know, Sefflicker was too hard, we give up method, you know, we're not going to be making raids about, you know, these, these, you know, we're just going to put Halandris, we're going to put fucking Anduin, we're going to put, J- like, we're not going to put three, 300 plus pull bosses in the raid anymore. So I'm assuming that I'm going into this expansion where the raids are going to be, like, easy, right? Like, they're probably going to be not as, not as hard as, like, Sefflicker and uh, Crucible of Storms. They're probably going to be like, you know, Mickey Mouse raids, right? Where I can't imagine the raids being so difficult where you need to optimize the comps to such a degree. And in addition, like, like let's let's look at the talent trees that we have so far, right? So Evokers, Evokers have their bullshit, right? Evokers already have their bullshit. Demon Hunters have bullshit. Mage have bullshit. Like, every single class is getting to the point where they're just getting, like, really broken utility things. Like, I'm, I'm going to have a, a controversial claim that I don't think Restless Crew is going to be the strongest uh, talent, like, in the game. I think... I think Paladin's gonna have like super blessing of seasons or some shit. It's gonna be busted. Like a bunch of classes are gonna be getting a bunch of bullshit. I feel like it's gonna be really hard to make these like giga comps where you include every single raid buff possible. Where you're just gonna have to say like, eh, fuck. I guess we don't get Wind Fury. Like, oh, I guess we don't get uh, I guess we don't get Restless Crew. Like, cause we're gonna make some other bullshit. That's what I see. Okay. I think it's possible, but I, I'm still worried about it. I I think, like for example, the. The change, what was it, Warlords of Draenor when Hunters could bring buffs, or was it earlier? I forget. But, like, having one form of redundancy made such a big difference in comp flexibility, right? When you're when you're like, oh, my, my Hunter can just bring out the pet and use Battle Shout or whatever, then we don't have to bring our Warrior on this, and then we can do this, and then we don't have to bring Wayne Like, right now, everything is super constrained by, like, comp requirements and i see that every week when we're building comp and some of that is because this tier is very difficult but i i think that wow players are such min maxers that we're going to be inclined to do that anyway and i'm i'm concerned with so much uniqueness and the inevitable imbalance between it right they are not going to get it right the first try and it could oh, be zero percent right a trophic poison could be like god mode or it could just be just freaking useless 
right? Like yeah, Diva Aura is very weak. Well, Atrophic Poison is Diva Aura, but it doesn't work half the time. You know, like, and yeah, it requires yeah. uptime, and it requires the the boss to be casting the mechanic. It's like raid wide hunter conduit. And I've listened to our hunters complain about the hunter conduit the last two tiers enough to know that Atrophic Poison is not a slam dunk. But it could be really good on some encounters. And it could be really bad on others. And they're never going to get that balance right with every mechanic. Just like Wind Fury Totem could, could be good if Arms Warriors are blasting or Ret Paladins are blasting. And it could be weak because it's really bad for dual wield classes, right? So we'll see. But uniqueness brings risk. And that's what I'm worried about. You put a trophic poison in a class tree, you don't have that risk of like mandating a, a specific spec. Yeah, especially because it was like, say, I mean, obviously, Rasta's crew, you know, uh, let, let's not mention it anymore. Contraband. Like, it's, it exists and it's, it's a DPS rate penalty. What I was ultimately concerned about is the fact that we have one spec providing DPS utility and two specs providing, like, you know, like defensive or, or mob mobility or survivability um, as their rate buff. And I feel like for, for pure DPS class, I think the rate utility should be DPS based as well. Um, and if it's not, then we might very well be living in a world in Dragonflight where one fight we're, we're required to play assassination because we need the defensive rate utility and then another fight we're required to play Outlaw because it's a, it's a patchwork fight and we need all the DPS we can get. And does that and, mean we, we, we never play sub because it doesn't bring anything? Yeah, exactly. And so that's, that's my main concern really is that, you know, for, for the monologue that that guy just had, and I, I almost fully agree with what he said, I would like to quote it back to him when his raid leader comes to him and ask him, hey, this boss deals a lot of damage and we really need you to shift with a trophic poison at very specific moments and suddenly guy has to play assassination. Well, here's the thing. Our raid team actually has three rogues on it, so I will never be playing assassination in my life, okay? So, nice try. I'll, I'll come up with something else then. Maybe yeah, you like, should think, like think every again, eight okay? seconds. Think again. Come back yeah, to that, that's, that's definitely a concern okay. I see. But I, I also have to say that raid comps are, are very different based on what kind of build you're raiding in. And for some, the rate utility and, and what they bring to the, to the table really matters. For a lot of other guilds, it doesn't matter at all. Um, ultimately, even if you have two or three classes providing the same rate utility, you will still want that utility and you'll still bring it on the strongest of those three classes. And if it's not the rate utility that makes the class unique, it's, it's like the way it deals its damage, um, how, how big or strong its cooldowns are. If it's like a, a really good two minute cooldown class, with the same rate utility as just a sustained DPS class, then which one of those two you bring will depend on the encounter and if you need a big cooldown or if you need high sustained DPS. Um, I mean, you I... will just shift the priority of why you bring someone over someone else from rate utility to another reason. Another thing while we're on the topic that I want to bring up is that I'm not even sure about the design of a trophic poison. I mean, issues with it aside of similar to the hunter conduit about sourcing of the damage, it's a 10 second duration. It has a 10% proc chance. It, it's going to be really hard to keep up. Yeah. It, it's going to be very difficult. And I am, I'm actually concerned on the times that 
a raid brings a rogue specifically for a trophic poison for some reason um that it's gonna be really degen actually keeping it up like we get asked like you gotta run out and cast like poison knife at like some ranged mob because it's casting aoe's and we're just sitting there like spamming poison knife doing nothing that's not really gameplay i'm looking forward to having to do yeah, keep in that mind though, like even at a ten percent base, you get twenty percent uh, from improved poisons, and you get another thirty percent from Eminem, right? So it's still at like a sixty percent, and like every Eminem cast will auto applied anyway because. Yeah, but the issue is the duration, right? The ten yeah. second duration means you have to be actively on that target. Yeah, it's. I, I would like a choice node um, because I mean we haven't even talked about that yet, and we're already almost two hours in. Um, Choice nodes are completely absent from the tree right now. I would definitely like a choice node in the class tree that lets us pick between an, an offensive or defensive rate utility. Rogues historically and in other RPGs as well have always been kind of jack of all trades classes um, or archetypes that, that had access to a lot of things that other classes did not or were just very flexible. And I don't think it would be too powerful for us to, you know, depending on the encounter, choose between a defensive or or an offensive rate utility if it's not too powerful so yeah hopefully like i would like to see it shifted because it also removes talent points you have to allocate in the main talent uh, in the spec talent tree and i mean talent points are scarce already removing one or two talents and moving it into the class tree would probably be a good idea yeah i mean i i agree i, th I think the choice node with numbing would make a lot of sense because you don't necessarily need redundancy in a raid group if, you, if you've got five or if you got three rogues like guy said and you're running two rogues on a comp you one run numbing one run a trophic job done right like um so silly already mentioned that it is going a little late i just want to push it along uh we got a couple other uh q a questions um uh let's do uh from Aaron Deer. Um, how do you guys think that the talent tree will remain uh retain its flexibility and how durable it'll be uh when additional systems come into play like uh tier sets, uh dungeon design, or say in like eleven point oh when they add covenants and soul binds again for the seventh time? Tier sets are a big issue, I think, because Tier sets can't affect talents, right? I mean, they, they can, but they usually don't. They only affect something we already have baseline in some way. Um, and there's not a whole lot left. Um, I think we actually have the most baseline abilities out of most of the classes that have been teased or revealed so far. And I mean, what, what are they going to do? Like, which ability do we have? And I'm going to say the, the cursed words right now, but I can, I can see us getting a slice and dice set bonus. I don't think anyone wants that. Hell so, yeah, brother. Based on the fact that uh, Blizzard has said, um, like somebody asked a question, was like, oh, can you go like, a, could you make like a bad talent tree? And they're like, yeah, obviously. Of course you can make a bad talent tree if you're like, if you're like dumb, you could just like make a bad talent tree, right? I, I feel like the, the tier sets are going to include abilities in the talent trees. And if you're, you know, no offense, if you're dumb enough to, you know, not go the between the eyes talent with the between the eyes tier set, you know, that's just on you, right? Um, because because so much of like the specs core is now caught up in the talent tree, it's like basically impossible to get around that, right? Because like, like, what are you gonna do? Make every single uh, every single tier set just like, oh, 
you know, slice and dice, uh, you know, gives you, you know, juice or something. Like, like it just doesn't work. Like, I feel like they're going to have to be related to talents in some capacity, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think Outlaw is probably in the best shape of anyone because you're ba you're basically required to get Blade Flurry, Sinister Strike, Dispatch. I don't... Can you even make a tree without Between the Eyes? I'm not yes. even sure you can. You definitely can. I've seen people link trees without Between the oh, Eyes. I, I, I guess you can do it just barely, right? By one point. You you either, you, yeah, you, you get have, everything that isn't Between the Eyes. It'd you, be really you, bad. You have to get either Roll the Bones or Between the Eyes, right? To, to yep. go down. But, like, I agree. I think they'll just design around abilities and you'll it will warp your tree around that and i actually think that's okay and it could lead to yeah. more spec diversity over the expansion right that like when the the tier set comes out that buffs dispatch you might go a juicer dispatcher build and when you have a, a tier set that buffs pistol shot you go fan the hammer or whatever like 100 percent of the time i, I think or that's maybe okay. one buffs killing spree and then you're required to go killing spree you know you're forced to spend x amount of talents to get killing spree to activate the tier set and then now you're you have less points to traverse elsewhere i don't know i feel like it could lead to some interesting things going I, on i kind of like that as well i think that if it forces you to take things like killing spree or forces you to take blade rush that can have a shift in you know the the meta of the of the spec tree and now, i think that'd be pretty interesting you, you need to make the tier set strong enough where you actually want to go killing spree. But the idea is there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually hate it. Um, or, like, just the thought of it, because it reminds me very much of the situation we have with Assassination right now, where we have a bunch of different legendaries, but they're all kind of useless because our tier set only affects one of them in a, in a meaningful way. So uh, we kind of, between all the different choices we had, and, I mean, these talent trees offer us a lot of choice, our choice will then re will, will then be reduced to whatever Blizzard decides to put on talent tree, and uh, I hate to to say it, but that kind of reminds me of you know which build are you going to play in Diablo three? You know that, that totally depends on which which legendary set or which set bonus is going to get buffed for the next season, and uh, that removes a lot of the diversity and the flexibility within a single patch or multiple patch cycles. As you said, obviously it can lead to a, a lot of variety from one patch going into another, where Patch, you know, 10.0, one build is really good, and then patch 10.1, we have a completely different build, being the best in slot one. Yeah, I mean, I think I think some of it will have they'll have to be a little careful about, like, there's a big difference, right, conceptually between if a set bonus buffs, uh, you know, Shiv, which probably most assassination players will take, or even if they don't, is only on tier four of the tree, versus if uh, if it buffed indiscriminate carnage right like yeah. you have one that's completely going to warp the build because you have to go down to a max capstone talent and you have one that's just like okay i just have to make sure i get shiv um so I, I think as long as they're careful it can be cool and will lead to some like diversity and builds tier to tier but you don't want them making things that are too too powerful deep in the tree Yeah, I, I agree. If it's and, and that's really where they have to look at, right? Like tier two or tier three talents, those can be buffed and you can just pick them up very quickly. Even if they're not part of your build, the cost of getting them is not going to be very high. Yeah. 
but at least hopefully we won't get as many layered systems. At least that's what it's sounding like right now. I mean, set bonuses, I think, are really the only things confirmed right now, right? Outside of the yeah. talent tree. Yeah, right. we don't know what they look like. Maybe each spec gets three different possible set bonuses, and you could just get to pick one of them for each spec or something. Like, who who knows what exactly they'll they'll look like? I guess we will just have to wait and see on that. Um, the uh, next question we have. I think I want to do two more. Uh, so the next question is a pretty quick one. Uh, just. One to two sentences. Thoughts on Covenant abilities without the legendary effects. And that's from Cuddle, one of our Patreon subscribers. Like, in the context of them on the tree, or like in the context of them of like Shadowlands? Just, just an ability. It doesn't have the unity effect anymore. It doesn't have any of the like, you know, there's no blossoms on, on Sepsis. Um... Does that give you like a huge reason to be like, well, this kind of sucks now? Um, I kind of like all of the, I kind of like all of them in the context of assassination subtlety or uh, outlaw and subtlety. Like, I like straight bone spike. I like echo reprimand. I like flagellation. Kind of that's a lot. Yeah, but, uh, but do you but, like you know, do you like flag without obedience though? No, actually, I, I just yeah. don't like flag in general. But like, <laughs> other than flag, I, I kind of like I like all the covenant abilities. I feel like. I feel like the the second legendaries give them some texture, but I don't think they they need that texture to be interesting. My personal feeling is the only one I enjoy baseline is Sariot Bone Spike because it's it actually has gameplay around it that is still supported, and also the legendary kind of stinks, so that's part of why it doesn't matter. I think Echoing Reprimand without Unity is awful. I think obedience without unity is awful. Uh, so sepsis is okay. It's just boring. I think we're blessed with most of our legendary, uh, like covenant legendary bonuses, not being very good in the first place, or some of them at least. So if you're looking at other classes, I think it would be a bigger issue. But for for rogues, I think it's actually pretty pretty all right. I think from a gameplay perspective, right, Unity takes something like Echoing Reprimand and turns it from a pretty mediocre button into something that I think is quite cool. Like, I really, really enjoyed playing Echoing Reprimand with Unity sub because, like, you get four matches, you you build your whole rotation around it, more or less. Whereas when it's one, it's just like, okay, whatever. I mean, I'll hit it someday. You don't even think about it. Um, so it's just not very impactful. So I think that's a, a case where it really worked quite well. Um, probably the biggest impact from obedience is the cooldown reduction, right? It just makes it a bigger part of the cycle for, um, for assassination and for sub. And it just like makes it feel nice. You get behind that. All right, the last question, probably mostly for Koji. Um, how do you see the, this is from Museless, um, but how do you uh, see the new talent tree impacting the ease of which people can just plop things into raid bots and sims? Because obviously, iterations are going up, boys. Um, is that going to be an issue, do you see? Or are the required I... traits, quote unquote, going to even that out? 
I think it <laughs> I think it's mostly a UI issue. I, I actually think from like a combinations perspective, a simming bandwidth perspective, it's actually not that bad. There are obviously a lot of combinations here. Um, but when you're going for specific builds, you're basically going to lock specific nodes, which make the search space a lot more narrow. If you combine, if you combine everything right now, uh, the current systems, because of how layered they are between soulbinds and co conduits and legendaries and gear and talents, you can't possibly sim everything right now. Like, it's literally millions of combinations very, very easily before you even click on everything. And I actually think, like, in a lot of ways, the current talent trees are more straightforward to brute force. You have a lot of zero DPS things along the way, and you have a lot of required nodes when you're building specific specs. So I don't think it's going to be that bad. I think uh, Serial OS has a lot of work to do on his UI for raid bots, but <laughs> that's not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then to finish it off, uh, I have to include it just because it was brought to my attention by like six people. Uh, Reels posted a question that said, for each spec tree, what aspect do you like the most and hate the most? So one one aspect of each. Ooh. Um, okay, so, yeah, so I know nothing about assassination, so we're going to skip that one, okay? So I don't, I don't like, okay? I see you guys nerfed improved main gouge. Don't do that, because main gouge sucks, okay? Uh, Dreadblade, or is it only one? Fuck, hold on. Ooh, I had like a whole like little thing. If it's just one, okay? If it's Take just your Adderall one... guy, focus. <laughs> okay, listen. Okay, if it's just one for the outlaw tree, it's gotta be Dreadblades. Just because it, it kind of sucks. It needs, it needs some more juice on it. Um, and I don't know enough about the subtlety tree, so there's my one for outlaw, okay? What do you like most about it? You didn't say it's anything that you like. The hate and love. What do I like? Oh yeah, shit. Well, the thing is, I like everything else. That's the problem. I, like, I don't have one that I, I like. I like all of it. So I think you like that you like, only dislike one thing. Yeah, yellow tree is like perfect. I love it. I love everything about it, except for dreadblaze. Okay. All right, Selly, do you have something for the assassination tree slash outlaw tree? Since you're not a sub player. Uh, yeah. I, I try I to like keep it under that... fifteen minutes, please. Dude, I like that instead of Blizzard telling us what the spec identity is going to be, we can pick our own, uh, based on which which path we're going down, whether it's be the poisons or builders or you know. So I like that a lot. Um, what I dislike, I mean, I've said this before on the spec channels already, is the lack of finisher talents. So that would be my, my biggest dislike by far. We have basically only Crimson Tempest as, a, as an AOE finisher and nothing to improve it. And we have essentially zero talents that really meaningfully boost and minimum damage except for Amplifying Poison. Fair enough, fair enough. Proji, do you have something? Yeah, so I think for Assassination Tree, um, my meme answer is what I dislike the most is that Exsanguinate still exists. Um, based. So based. <laughs> I, I think uh, for, for like my real answer is I, I, I feel like the um, 
penultimate uh, talents like Zoldic, Dashing, and Scent as three-pointers is a little expensive and I think will encourage people not to go that deep into the tree. Um, the thing I like the most, I really do like the Deathmark revamp. I think it's a cool idea. I think it's going to lead to a lot of neat gameplay. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, Outlaw, I agree with Guy. I think the, the structure of the tree is really good. I, I, I do enjoy the whole ambush theme. I think it's an area that had been not as, as explored as it should have been for Outlaw, so I appreciate that. And it's a lot, got a lot of cool ideas to support it. I think what I dislike the most about it is like even um, Restless Crew being put aside, I feel like the middle of the tree is more or less required as there's not a lot of like it seems like a two build tree rather than a very flexible tree you're like picking one side plus middle yeah it'd be nice if oh let me pull up this tree i, I feel like there should be connecting trees from like loaded dice down to slicer dicer sleight of hand to combat stamina and then fatal flourish to gauche and then deeper shot into triple threat like i feel like there should just be more ability to kind of just go wherever because like right now you kind of funnel yourself yeah, down yeah. through the entire you know one side of the tree but you could go like you you could go some some wacky stuff if you if there were just like a few more connector nodes and for sub like i think i think my biggest issue with the sub tree is is what i mentioned before is it just feels like a grab bag of good stuff which you know is a double-edged sword right it is there's a bunch of cool stuff it just doesn't come together right now but i i am you know, kind of waiting for a restructuring and all that to make judgment. Like, that's just my gut feeling about it right now. Um, what I like about it, I don't really know. I don't really like the subtree very much right now, Damn. to be honest. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> um, I'm trying on. to think. I mean, I, I would say, like, my answer is kind of a double-edged sword. Like, I do like a lot of the good stuff that was brought back. Like, I think bringing back inevitability is kind of neat. You know, like, that was a fan-favorite Azerite trait. I think some of the stuff that got brought back, I think, replicating shadows, that's cool. So I, I like that stuff was brought back, but it just needs to be more cohesive, I guess. So that's my gut feel on the subtree. I, th I think for for me, um, I think that uh, the one thing that I don't really like about the assassination tree is sort of an interaction. Um where uh I've, I've historically really enjoyed how assassination plays with like slow single target fast aoe but the combo point generation is a real issue in aoe um and so it feels like you have fan of knives but if you don't take seal fate then you're just you're screwed right you're screwed in any aoe situation so it kind of forces you into seal fate which in my opinion kind of hampers a lot of choice that you have on the class tree itself i'm pretty um, sure you always go seal fate and assassination either way just because otherwise you'd have zero yeah. combo points i mean there's there's some ideas that seal fate isn't required but i i definitely agree that it's a little bit overpowering for aoe you're probably right though like it, yeah. it yeah. totally props up the, AOE the one combo point yeah. it's not, um, not an option really the thing that i like about the assassination tree though is i see a lot of interesting like choice between taking indiscriminate carnage for example um in an aoe but i i just i really would like to see tiny toxic blade replaced or turned into a choice node or something 
that makes the left side of the tree uh, an actual choice that people want to take. Um, I think that the overwhelming feedback is that Tiny Toxic Play just isn't interesting. Um, even if it were to do like 7,000 million percent damage and actually be a good trait, people just don't want to take it and it's a lot less interesting of a choice than it is between like dragon tempered or indiscriminate carnage um and so you i just, I just gave, want you, something you just gave there. two negatives that's not a negative and a positive oh, oh shit yeah, what is oh, wrong shit. with you i'm, I'm not i'm not focused either oh my god you're just, you're just whining oh, everyone's right clowning now. me for everyone's <laughs> clowning I'm a clown me in the type in fucking typers fucking smudging whatever dude <laughs> typing meanwhile fucking okay well okay i like death mark <laughs> i i have to agree i i love i love death mark i think that vendetta uh has a has a new facelift and it's it's exciting to see um like new new cooldowns for assassination coming in um yeah. i agree i i think i think we all agree deathmark is super cool also you can you can cover i i, I was just giving you a hard time technically your seal oh. fate your seal fate uh complaint is more of a class tree yeah technically issue, right um I think for subtlety though, I, I have to agree with Koji. Obviously there's gonna be big changes on this on the subtree. Um I think we we all sort of know that. Um but the thing that I'm really lacking from the subtree is sort of just an identity. Um we talked about it earlier. I think that finisher damage is something that subtlety really uh wants to play around a lot of the time. We talked about like funnel and how that's an identity. Um but I just I just feel like right now it's it's missing a lot of that sort of finisher gameplay or short burst gameplay um, that it's had in the past. But what I do like about sub is that there's a lot of um, there's a lot of stuff that kind of in the past has been things that I wanted to take, and now I can because it's not competing anymore. Stuff like Gloomblade, right? I've I've enjoyed Gloomblade. Um, and I've, I've wanted to take Gloomblade, and now I can, right? It's not competing with Weapon Master anymore, and I'm like, ah, oh, well, guess I'm never picking it now. Like, that's an actual decision that I have to make, and a point that I want to put in, and I think that's pretty cool. But, uh, Am yeah. I allowed to talk about the, the Rogue Tree? Go ahead, sure. Okay, so, you know how, like, the first four or like ZDPS, right? Like, you know, you got Sap, Cloak, Tricks, Gouge, Faint, like all that stuff, right? So, this is the last thing, okay? And then we're done skis, okay? So like, Nimble Fingers, Rush Setup, and Prey on the Weak and Iron Stomach, these are also ZDPS talents, right? These should go down to improve Sap, Recuperator, and improve Garot. Because then, because like, I, I don't want to pick, I don't want to pick Shadow Step on Outlaw, okay? I don't need it. But I kind of want Prey on the Weak. There's my suggestion, okay? I agree. I, I think I did a diagram of that like on the first day where the 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 tree connecting down to those nodes would give a lot more flexibility of those like double setup utility rows, right? You kind of pick pick two or pick three to go down and you would have your flexibility to pick between the five options. Yeah, because like right now, I'm never going to because they lead to ZDPS, right? It's it's ZDPS that leads to ZDPS. But if it's ZDPS that leads to DAM, then I'm going to pick it, right? Fair enough. Um, So we yeah. went hella over time. Um, I don't want to keep it going, so I'm just going to cut us all off. 
Um, yeah, but uh, thanks everyone for coming. Uh, we're probably going to do more of these, but more spec specific instead of trying to squeeze all three into you know one giga episode. Um, try and keep the time down, even though we'll fail miserably. Uh, that'll be, you know, announcements and all that stuff. If you're listening, please pay attention to the announcements. I, I, there's been so many people who are like, oh, you guys have a podcast? Um, and I just, I don't know how to get it out to people. Invite your friends. Don't mute the announcement channel. Don't, don't, don't mute announcement channels. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see you guys on the next one. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone.